five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. And uh, it may be a short week of school and work because of Yuntif, but we've made up for that by actually broadcasting from a school. How do you like that? When we say back to school and back to work, we mean it. We are here today at JEC. Many of you know that the... Uh, the uh, JEC family this month is uh, celebrating yet another amazing annual dinner coming up at the Venetian here in New Jersey. And uh, we are here today to uh, update you on what's been happening at the uh, JEC and RTMA and Breweria uh, here in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and uh, to uh, visit with our friends here at this historic and amazing school. So plenty coming up between now and 9 o'clock. I thank you all for tuning in. A reminder, you're hearing us uh, on the web, of course, at jmnam.org, nachomsegel.com, and on the brand-new NSN app, which I hope you've already installed. You can also watch the proceedings here on our web homepage, nachomsegel.com. You can watch the proceedings. I'm waving to everybody right now as we, uh, as we invite you to watch and uh, to see the program from around the world. And um, we invite you to stay with us until 9 a.m. Eastern Time for an amazing program focusing on Jewish education and the great work that's being done here at RTMA and JEC. Plenty more coming up. It's a Monday at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. <laughs>
here at JM in the AM, but we've got a, uh, an amazing week, frankly. We've got a uh, uh, wonderful radio program today that uh, we are conducting from uh, RTMA, JEC, Elizabeth, New Jersey. You're all invited to stop by at 330 Elmora Avenue. We look forward to greeting some of the students, of course, and some of their uh, amazing teachers and the great members of the administration here all through the morning until 9 o'clock. The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten will be on between 9 and 10. Check that out on the stream at jmnam.org, brand new live edition. I want to thank everybody who came out yesterday to the uh, Celebrate Israel Parade and was with us at some point during the parade on 67th Street. It was really amazing to hear the program conducted by Miriam L. Wallach and Mark Zomick and everybody who was, uh, and Mayor Fertig and everybody who was participating on Fifth Avenue yesterday in the big celebration. I thank everybody who came by and uh, acknowledged JM and the AM and our amazing network and app. It was really a phenomenal day. And a big thank you to everybody who was part of the Celebrate Israel Parade, including uh, Michael Miller and the entire committee from the JCRC who made us feel very welcome. We had an amazing time there yesterday. By the way, a special shout-out to the um, 
to the officer on Elmora Avenue who at 519 this morning decided to give me some advice <laughs> to slow down here in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And uh, 20 seconds later, just wish me a good day. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. <laughs> but I mentioned that we were doing a live radio show here and in, in the five, ten seconds that I had <laughs> to speak to him. And uh, he was, uh, I guess, mesmerized by the... Uh, by the fact that we were doing live radio from Elizabeth, New Jersey this morning. I wish you would have heard that, ZK. The story would have frightened you. Um, <laughs> a police officer, for some reason, just gave me a piece of good advice in terms of slowing down this morning and did not decide to uh, issue me a summons. How do you explain that, huh? I got a little lucky, huh? Anyway, so a big thank you to him. Uh, more coming up between now and 9 o'clock in the morning as we continue here at JM in the AM. It's 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Remember, if you are uh, anxious to see what things look like here at RTMA, JEC, uh, we've got our video camera going, and you can check out the uh, homepage at nachomsegel.com and watch all the proceedings here this morning. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. Who's <laughs> 
It's a brand new one from the Shira Hadasha Boys Choir called Am Yisrael here at JM and the AM comes from the uh, uh, the brand new offering Shira Hadasha Boys Choir title track Am Yisrael. Before that, Yehuda Katz with Miha Ish. It's brand new, a single released out of Israel. JM and the AM at 29 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, early morning Monday as we get set for a short week here at JM and the AM. We are broadcasting from RTMA. On the JEC campus at 330 Elmora Avenue here in Elizabeth, New Jersey, as we spend the day with our friends here in Elizabeth. And uh, we invite everyone to come down at 330 Elmora Avenue and say hi. Students should be in the building in the next hour or so, and we will uh, meet some of them. And in addition, of course, some of the wonderful members of the administration and faculty of RTMA and the JEC and RTMA Breweria family. It's all coming up right here at JM and the AM. I thank you for tuning in. I thank all of you for being with us yesterday during our parade show, uh, which was conducted by Miriam L. Wallach and Mark Zamek and Mayor Fertig and Company. It was really an amazing effort on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Big thank you to ZK. Big thank you to Ariel Foreman of Atenek, New Jersey, who was handling our video yesterday, and to all of our incredible sponsors who played a part and yesterday's parade show, we met a lot of listeners yesterday. It was really an amazing feeling and an incredible program. So a big thank you to everybody who came by to say hi and participate with us during the Celebrate Israel Parade. It was something unique, different, and wonderful. I want to thank the, our friends at Rusty Brick who were with us on Friday morning to discuss the brand-new NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app. It is something that um, is extremely exciting. We certainly got that from our uh, friends yesterday on Fifth Avenue, 
A lot of excitement about the brand new app. If you haven't installed it yet on your iPhone or Android, make sure to do so. It is the, uh, all you gotta do is go to your app store on your phone and search, um, Nahum Single Network or NSN and you will find it. Install it and enjoy it. It is really amazing. Uh, also don't forget everything we're doing here today from uh, RTMA at JEC is, um, is, uh, being, uh, streamed live, not just in audio fashion around the world on our websites and app, but also, of course, on video. If you go to NahumSiegel.com, you can actually see the video of us conducting the radio program here. Uh, go to NahumSiegel.com, you'll see it on the home page. The video is there. You can look in from around the world and uh, visit with our friends at RTMA here in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County, 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
Live at the Rav Taitzma Sifta Academy, RTMA, and the JEC, of course, the Jewish Educational Center, Elizabeth, New Jersey, as we uh, get set for a big event coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks. It is the um, JEC Annual Dinner, which this year is going to uh, honor Miriam and Marty Knecht as guests of honor, Mimi and Harry Statler with the Leif Tov Award, Madame Esther Captain educator of the year and a, a special service award will be presented to Malvina Stella Donofrio, I hope that's correct, and Dennis Van Ness. It's all happening on Tuesday night, June the 17th at the Venetian on River Drive in Garfield, New Jersey. The dinner reception will begin at 6.30 p.m. Everybody is invited to attend and be part of this celebration. We were there last year. It was quite a celebration. Uh, be there this year on behalf of JEC. You can uh, go to thejec.org for information, thejec.org. And those of you part of the JEC family have received this invitation. I'm looking at our camera right now, this invitation uh, to be there on the uh, 17th of June. Also, I want to take this opportunity to thank those who are uh, providing breakfast here for all of our special guests. Everybody who comes early in the morning to speak with us at JM and the AM is rewarded with a delicious breakfast. That's how it works. <laughs> you could be a guest of ours, and you'll walk away uh, uh, feeling great because you'll have had breakfast provided to JEC 
or I should say by JEC rather, with a special shout out to Pinchas uh, Kazerer of Glotstar Catering in Elizabeth, New Jersey. We thank him, and of course, we thank everybody here at JEC, Steve Karp and Adina Abramoff, and everybody who's been here in the early morning to uh, help us out, to set things up, and to carry through on their invitation for us to be here this morning and to visit with our friends in Elizabeth, New Jersey. JM and the AM at 22 minutes before 7 o'clock. Live video, you can see it if you go to our website right now at NahumSiegel.com. And, of course, live audio through all of our sources, including our websites and um, pro- most prominently, of course, at 91.1 on the FM dial. Pl- plenty more coming up if you keep it here at JM and the AM. This is a uh, selection from Aryeh Kunstler.
J.M. in the A.M., that is uh, Yaakov Shweki and company off of the CD entitled Kolot with Osim Chuva. Aryeh Kunstler before that with Modani. J.M. in the A.M., good morning. It's a Monday, heading back to school and back to work. And in this case, we're heading back to uh, RTMA and JEC. And this morning, we have the opportunity to speak with three generations of JEC. For those of you who might be uh, unfamiliar, although it would be hard for me to believe that any regular member of the Jewish community would be, uh, JEC, the Jewish Educational Center, includes uh, JEC and RTMA and, of course, Bruria High School as well. And three generations of JEC and the JEC Bruria family sit in front of me. Sheila Resnick Engel is here, who is the grandma and a pre-Bruria JEC grad. Good morning to you. Morning. Nice to have you here. Heather Engel Leibowitz is a Bruria grad and a JEC teacher and the mother of a graduating Bruria senior. Welcome to you. Thank you so much for having us. A pleasure. And Erica Leibowitz is a graduating Bruria senior who's going to be in Israel next year. And uh, we welcome her as well. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us. So we start with Grandma. What do you remember from the old days? <laughs> Everything was great. This is where I grew up. And in that first row over there, I still see myself learning off in Pripachik. This was the building, huh? Yes. And it was right here in this room where it all started. That's right. And I started here. It was in a white house. Just this building was here. That building over there was not here. So it must be amazing when you see the growth and everything that's happened over all these decades. Yes. I can only imagine. Um, what's it like being a teacher here now? A little surreal. Walking in the first couple of days was like, oh, I sat there in first grade. That's where I was in fourth grade. You know, this is where we ran around the building and hid from our teachers. So it was really, it's really nice. I really enjoy it. Um, I really feel that the JEC is like my second home. I spent a lot of time here since I'm also the, uh, the director of the after school program. So I spend more time here than I actually do in my real home. And that's the type of atmosphere I want to set up for my children in Primer. I want them to come here and feel like it's their home. Nothing better than that when school feels like home for a kid, that's for sure. Um, why has this worked? Why, from your perspective, looking back and then looking forward, why has this whole system worked here where the school continues to thrive all the way until today? Um, there's been a lot of change since um, obviously my mother has been here <laughs> and since even I've been here and even since I came back to teach here they're always looking for new innovations, new ways of teaching. Each classroom is getting smart boards. Um, we're always going for different type of training. I try to have my classroom as hands-on as possible. And um, the administration is always open for, you know, any idea possible. Uh, Heather Engel-Liebowitz is a teacher now at JEC. Uh, Sheila Resnick Engel is the grandmother and JEC grad from before uh, Brewery even existed. And... Uh, as we said, Erica Leibowitz is here, who's a senior right now. 
at Berea. So is, is there an advantage when you have a, a mother and a grandmother who went here before you did? Yeah, for sure. They were telling me, like, so many things I needed to know before I entered Berea, like what teachers are there, what to expect. So I was basically, I knew, I basically knew a lot of things. Basically, they know every teacher and every staff member yes. who ever walked into the Yeah, school, basically. Huh? And they, and every, and most teachers know who they are, know my mom is at least. No, that's for sure. Uh, and what's it been like this year as a senior at Berea? Great. Great. It's crazy that it's over, but it's great. When is it officially over? June 15th. It's That's gra- graduation It's, it's graduation, That's yeah. That's really fast approaching. Yeah, yeah, it's really fast. Has everybody decided in your class where they'll be next year? Are all these decisions made already? Most decisions are made already, yeah. And are you excited about going to Israel? I'm so excited. I can't wait. And how did you choose to go to uh, Tomer Devorah? Um, I just... I, I applied to another school, and I was like, okay, I'm going to just go here, whatever. And then I started, like, looking into other schools, and I saw Thomas Vohr, and I was like, I felt, I loved it. And I signed up, and Baruch Hashem, I'm going there. Unlike the JEC story, I'm assuming your mother and grandmother did not go to Thomas Vohr. No, no. <laughs> this will be the first yeah. educational institution you're going to where there's no family connection or history. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that must be interesting. Um, uh, Sheila Resnick Engel, what is it like seeing on the 15th of June your granddaughter graduate from the high school institution here? Very proud. That's all I can say, very proud. And is it, is it very nostalgic for you? Yes, it is. I can yes, imagine. It, 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 it must, it's come full circle. There's no question about that. Uh, how many of these three-generation um, families exist in the JEC community? Are there more? Are you guys the except there are more? Yeah, there are more. There are more. There are at least ten of them, maybe, I think. I, I mean, think people need to realize that in the, in, a, in the Jewish world in general, this, I mean, historically, this would be an exception. It's rare that, you know, Jews didn't always stay in one place for a long period of time. And then you come to the U.S. where, uh, you know, in the 40s and 50s, it was sometimes hard for people to even find grandparents that were part of a family to have this type of arrangement where you're uh, ready to graduate someone from high school whose grandmother went to the school. That's pretty amazing. So in a lot of ways, it's wonderful to have 10 or whatever the number is, but it's also important to realize how much of an exception it is. Yeah, it's a big exception. It feels, as a mother of a future graduate, I mean, we're graduating really 25 years to the day of, uh, you that's, know. That's pretty it's cool. It's pretty cool. What do you remember about your graduation? Um, a lot, but I really have to discuss it online. <laughs> you do remember a lot of it? I do, I do. Was it in this room by any chance? No, it was actually in the gym. And we did it with, the, you know, both RTMA and JEC were together. Our yearbooks were together. Now it's completely separate. Right. You know, so. So things are a little bit different. Just a little bit. So, and speaking of the 25th yes. graduation, we're planning on having a um, reunion sometime at the end of the month, June 22nd. So if anybody really is interested in coming, please call the JEC, 908-355-4850, or contact uh, Leah Rothstein. Um, she's the one who's going to be in charge of it. And that is specifically for the um, uh, for the 25th anniversary class? For Correct. Those, for those who graduated 25 years ago. Yes, in 1989. It'll be on the 29th at 6 p.m. The, um, the upcoming brewery alum reunions are uh, going to be happening for the class of 2003 on June the 8th, for the class of 2004 on June the 15th. As you just mentioned, the class of 1989 will be convening on June the 29th. 
all beginning at 6 p.m., and all of them will be held in the brewery, a building at 35 North Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So anybody out there who's in the class of 03, 04, or 1989 from Berea High School, you are encouraged to be at the events. The alumni coordinator is Leah Rothstein. The email address is alumni at thejec.org, alumni at thejec.org. For any more information you need, uh, you can go ahead and uh, email that address. And I also remind you that on the 17th of June is the big dinner coming up at the Venetian here in New Jersey. The RTMA reunions are going to be announced. There are going to be RTMA reunions for the uh, high school students of old to be able to enjoy uh, get-togethers as well. Always seems like the ladies are are more... Uh, uh, are more prone to getting these reunions on the calendar before the men. So the men's reunions will be coming up, uh, but the ladies are going to be happening all through the month of June. And for information, alumni at the JEC.org. Well, we want to wish a mazel tov to Erica Leibowitz and all the graduating brewery of seniors. Enjoy the big graduation. Thank you. And enjoy next year. And I'm Thank sure you'll so look much. how you'll look back at these last four years as very productive and very fun. I would guess. Yeah. And your Absolutely. classmates would say the same. Yeah, I think so. And uh, Heather Engel Leibowitz continued success as a teacher and uh, the mother of a current graduate. Thank you. Thank you very Great much. Great having you. And Sheila Resnick Engel, anything you want to tell us about looking back after all these years about the JEC family and the effect it's had on your family? It was, well, I can say it's great. It was great. That's wonderful. I thank you for joining us here this morning. Thank you very much. Three generations of JEC kicking off our Monday here at JM and the AM as we are visiting RTMA and the JEC main building here on the 330 Elmore Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. More guests coming up. Keep in mind the reunions that we just mentioned. Uh, the one for the 25th anniversary class of 1989 is happening June 29th at 6 p.m. You can email alumni at the JEC.org. Plenty more coming up. This is a JM and the AM Monday morning. Thank you for tuning in to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Familia Bild von der Heim A Bild von der Alten Heim A Bild, as Und dann, wenn es sagt, werden Tinku, 
Monday morning. We are live at the uh, RTMA JEC of Taitzmasifta Academy Jewish Educational Center with big greetings from our friends at JEC RTMA and Breweria High School here on this Monday as uh, we are in Shavuos week. And um, I take this opportunity to introduce Mrs. Rose Kendall, who uh, <laughs> she and I know each other for quite a while. May have taken me time to discover that or remember that, but I, I welcome her to our show. She's Arrowsmith coordinator, not the not Arrowsmith, Arrowsmith coordinator. Little rock and roll joke there for our radio friends uh, here at uh, the JEC family. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to have you here. I've read a lot, and we've spoken a lot um, with different people about Arrowsmith over the years. Uh, I would love to be able to give our audience a short, concise overview about what it is. Aerosmith deals with which students, those who are in what type of situation in school? Aerosmith deals with students who are having learning difficulties. Somebody's having a problem reading and traditional methods aren't helping them. Somebody uh, has processing speed problems, auditory processing. Uh, it's really for children who are of average to above average intelligence and who are having difficulties learning. Aerosmith is like Olympic training for your brain, just like you would go to uh, an Olympic coach to be in the Olympics. 
Aerosmith does that for your brain. So you, as the expert, uh, have to identify what specific needs these children have and, and uh, coordinate a specific type of, I don't know, curriculum or system or strategy for them to utilize? Most of the time, students that come to us already know where their difficulties are, but we do extensive testing. Usually in the beginning, it's about eight hours of testing per child. And from that, we build a program for them, an individual program using cognitive exercises to strengthen those weakened areas of the brain. So if, for example, you have a child, and I'm just using reading because many children have a, a difficulty in reading, if your brain has a weakened area, no matter how hard those traditional methods are going to be working with you, because it's not going to be able to get through, think of it as at least like a stop sign in your brain. So you have to break down that stop sign, and that's what Aerosmith does, and what, then you can go in and learn. What percent? percentage of students in typical classes in our you know community are geared toward an Aerosmith type program I mean is it very large relatively small I couldn't tell you. Right. <laughs> that I can't tell you. What well, I can are you t- alarmed by the numbers? Are you surprised that you're dealing with so many students or I think that it is not surprising because every child learns in a different way. So if you're not addressing that child's needs or if he didn't get enough practice or whatever the reason being, I'm not surprised because we do, you know, we are under time constraints, certainly in the Jewish community, of what we can offer and do for our children in the classroom. So it does make a difference. Aerosmith is at four 40-minute periods here at JEC. There are schools that have a longer program, but for most of our students here at JEC, it is a four 40-minute period per day. Rose Candle coordinates Arrowsmith here at JEC. Um, Is there ever a point where someone graduates from this program or this is with them until the end of their schooling? No. It is usually a three- to four-year program, although we have kids who have been, you know. And they're able to move on at that point. Absolutely. But what you have to understand is if a child, for example, was reading on a third-grade level and was in fifth grade and was having difficulty, you're going to teach them how to read, but then you have to go back in there and bring them up to whatever grade they were. You just, you know, not by osmosis that they're going to be able to do algebra if they were only able to add 2 plus 2, and that's really a simple example and certainly not indicative of our kids. What did students do before Aerosmith? Struggled. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember my day. It was not exactly, uh, you know, specialized training and learning for every kid in school. <laughs> I, I have to say that as I was learning Aerosmith and as I do Aerosmith with the kids, and I certainly, you know, aren't half as good as they are, I feel myself sharper and different in being able to do things that I remember in high school and, you know, college. I was going, oh, I can't do this. I, you know, this is horrible. But it, it's helped me, and believe me, if it's helped me, it can help anybody. Now, someone told me that uh, other uh, Aerosmith programs from around the state of New Jersey actually come to JEC to see what's going on here. What is it that they want to learn from people like you? I think they want to learn how to set up the program. We've been very um, successful in being able to integrate JEC and Aerosmith together, and that's really, uh, you know, has a lot of credit is due to the teachers and the administration. Um, however, we've had people from New Zealand visiting us. That We've had people from Israel coming and visit us. Uh, I've been in contact with people from Australia, people from England. They hear about it, and I guess they find me. Um, but we have a very successful program, and, and Aerosmith, the main Aerosmith in Canada, you know, does recognize that. So it's nice it. to have an international reputation, it huh? It does. 
does. Oh, it does. It's so interesting to meet these people, and and it's just wonderful. Is there a, a, can it work in every system? When Israel shows up here, and we know that there they're not teaching in English generally. I mean, can it work? Is there a... uh... Some of the things are translatable immediately, and some of the things would take some... some manipulation, right. but I'm sure that they can do that. You know, Israelis are, are yeah. good for being able to do that. They're very resourceful, so I guess they're able to incorporate it. Um, I, I assume any parent that um, thinks of sending their child here is introduced to this program and knows that it's offered as an option or, you know, it might be right, right? I assume that's... Uh, Absolutely. It is something that uh, I believe the general public isn't aware, is aware of, and if they aren't, now they are. Right. Um, but, you know, Aerosmith isn't for everybody, and it does take a child who uh, is really interested. Aris, you get out of Aerosmith what you put into it. So if you only do it halfway, you're not going to get the results so that you So you still want. need a motivated student. Absolutely. But you might argue that most students are motivated when they're able to when things adjust to them and, and, and they're able to learn the way they they need to learn. I might argue that. Um, I, will, <laughs> I will say that it really does, you know, it's an intense program. So you really have to, you know, you can't be faint of heart. You really have to be um, committed to putting in that time and effort. And remember, it's usually a three- to four-year program. Right. So the results aren't going to be seen from today until tomorrow. It's, it's not immediate gratification. But over the course of time, um, we've had tremendous results. Well, the progress that you see in students must be amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Got to be incredible, and I'm sure students at this point tell you that you changed their lives with the program. Yes, yes, I, I, I have. They've changed mine. It's, it's just an excellent program, and, it, and a real credit goes out to Rabbi Tights, who brought the program into the school uh, and was influenced by the community at large. So this is an amazing thing where, you know, the parents say this is what we want, and the school says, okay, let's do it. Very nice. Rose Kendall, great seeing you. Arrowsmith coordinator here at the uh, JEC uh, School in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Continue your amazing work. Thank you very much. much. It's nice to see you. Same here. Thank you very much. Amazing. Incredible what they're able to do these days with students who, I don't know, years ago may have been identified as uh, not motivated or lazy or whatever word you want to use. In this case, uh, Aerosmith comes along with a wonderful coordinator like Rose Candle and is able to really change the lives of students uh, here and, of course, the program in other schools as well. It's JM and the AM on a Monday morning. I want to thank everybody who came out yesterday to celebrate Israel Parade and made our presence on Fifth Avenue uh, ever more um, uh, wonderful. It was just a great celebration. And a big thank you to um, Miriam Alwalek and Mark Zamek and Mayor Fertig. And we say happy anniversary to Khani and Mayor Fertig. And, of course, to ZK, who's here with us this morning after a long day and night yesterday uh, with all of his uh, engineering work. Uh, and a thank you to, um, uh, to Ariel Foreman and to everybody who is part of the team. Uh, so many members of the Zamek family and the Siegel family and the Wallach family uh, who were part of the team yesterday. I'm sure I'm leaving out somebody, but it was a great show on the... Uh, on the avenue yesterday as we celebrated Israel together. More coming up from JEC with a reminder that the um, uh, JEC dinner is happening on the 17th of this month. That's happening uh, at the Venetian in Garfield, New Jersey. You are all invited to pay tribute to the honorees and get together with your old JEC RTMA Breweria friends at the Venetian on River Drive in Garfield at 6.30 p.m. on the 17th of June online to RSVP and to get all the information, thejec.org, thejec.org. More special guests coming up on a very special Monday morning right here at JM in the AM.
J.C. Almora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey, with a reminder about the big dinner coming up on the 17th of June. Everyone's invited to the Venetian to celebrate with our friends at J.E.C. and the RTMA and Breweria High School. Uh, TheJEC.org for information about the dinner, TheJEC.org. If you missed any of our programs so far, and I remind you, we're on video stream at NahumSiegel.com on the homepage. Smiling to the camera, trying my best. And, uh, of course, uh, around the world on the web, uh, because there are so many JEC alums around the world, so I figured I'd mention that. Uh, if you're just tuning in now, you missed earlier when we introduced three generations of JEC. A big shout-out to uh, Sheila Resnick-Engel, Heather Engel-Liebowitz, and Erica Liebowitz, a grandmother teacher here at JEC, and a uh, current graduating brewery, a senior, 
uh, who are with us as we spoke about the um, three generations and how unique it is in uh, in the Jewish community here in the United States to already have these three generations that are about to all be graduates of this institution, of any Jewish institution, but of course in this case JEC. And Mrs. Rose Candle joined us for the Arrowsmith uh, conversation. Those of you who are uh, uh, curious about what JEC is doing uh, when it comes to dealing with um, uh, children with uh, different learning uh, issues or uh, situations, I should say, and the strategies that are used to their benefit, you can look into what they're doing here as so many around the world are doing. Dr. Akiva Perlman is here. Dr. Akiva Perlman is chair of the guidance department. I welcome you to JMN. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks I was, for having me. Thank you. I was told that this um, that the guidance department is now um, one big umbrella for all the JEC schools, and that that's a very important development. Yeah, Why is that such initiative. an important development? Well, I think we have a great deal of resources. I'm working with some very talented therapists at Berea and elementary school, middle school. So pooling those resources just gives us a great more firepower. Um, great opportunity to innovate more, uh, help each other out, assist, and, and develop greater programs. Now, guidance departments when I was in school were rather slim. Let's put it that way. I don't even know if there was a guidance department when I went to school. When you went to school, I would guess it got a little larger or more prominent wherever it was that you attended, right? And then today, thank God, we're in an era in 2014 where guidance is a really serious department in a place like this. It's amazing what's happened, the transformation. And I would throw myself into your boat as well. When I was in school, there were no guidance counselors to be found. And that's elementary school through high school. So being a part of something like this, knowing, I mean, reflecting on my experience as a kid, saying, what could I have used? What could I have benefited from? Um, and being actually, being able to do that, having the tools, is quite an amazing it's an amazing experience. It's healing in its own way. And it's amazing how the schools are doing it really well. I think in places like this, you see how they're taking it very seriously. They're getting good staff, which is very important. And I think as a parent, I see it, that it has a really positive effect on the students. It has a, uh, it, 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 it's well worth it. For those, for those wondering if it's worthwhile having the department, I'm sure you're breathing a sigh of relief that I'm giving my endorsement now and letting people know that I think it's worthwhile. Uh, one of the things you've come up with is, uh, and this was introduced to us in preparation for today's show, is something called the Facebook Circles. Now, uh, just a few minutes as the music was playing and we had a minute or two to talk, um, I hinted to the fact that the, not, not that this is a great revelation to anybody, the internet, right, social media is a scary place. And sometimes it may not be a bad idea to remind the current generation, right, the, the social media generation, just how scary it could be. You've developed a program that helps bring that forth. Tell us what the Facebook Circles is about. Well, I'll give you some history. Um, we, too, look at this problem as a scary, uh, a scary universe. And I think we're largely operating from fear. Most of the programs that we see, and, when, and speaking with most parents, right. uh, and I can back this up with some research that we did internally last year. We uh, polled all the, all the parents, uh, all the students in all divisions to get a great, better sense of what's actually taking place. What we're finding is that there's a tremendous divide. Parents are terrified. And, and what happens as a result of that fear is that they just shut down. They're just too afraid to address the issue, and they just sort they of... They ignore it. <laughs> they ignore it. They let kids operate in their own ways, and uh, I think that creates a tremendous problem right. because that fear is so prevalent. 
what I think we're trying to do is kind of look at it from a whole different perspective. Let's let's address the fear, and a little dose of fear is certainly helpful. Right. But let's try to understand the problem and understand their experience. A, a great example. Um, I would think as an adult that kids would have a problem uh, with so much with wasting so much time on the internet. Right. You know, like that. And I see this all the time, and I hear it from all the parents saying, "My kid's spending four hours a day on the internet, or he's doing all this and that." Isn't he bothered by this? Now, and I said, okay, that sounds like a very reasonable uh, hypothesis. And then when speaking to the kids, they have no problem with it. They seem, this is fine as long as I'm doing my work and I'm spending some time uh, relaxing or uh, innovating or just, you know, browsing the web. Um, then why do you have a problem with it? So to me, that's like it, it gives some some insight into what's the, what their experience is like. So right. we're trying to, from grassroots, try and understand this problem from their perspective. And they don't have the same issues that we have with it. Um, Does that help at all in terms of the parents, I don't know, warming up to it a bit? Or, or, or that end of it doesn't get assisted by this whole process. It's just the, the discoveries of what the kids are uh, are going through that, uh, you know, that... That we're finding out. I think it doesn't help at all. I think parents are so afraid right. uh, that they just shut the whole process down. So that down part altogether. of it we really can't address. You're really addressing something else, which is dealing with how the students are dealing with well, it. Well, we had a, a very large presentation last year with all the parents uh, where we presented all this data to them and we spoke to them. of, We gave them some very uh, good suggestions how to engage their children with through the use of technology, how to create structures and boundaries and right. barriers. But again, not coming from a fear perspective. Right. How could we take this new this new form of communication? So they just showed up to a night like that. That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. We actually had a very <laughs> wonderful turnout. You know, we had a wonderful turnout. They just expressed an interest and wanted to be part of it. So these Facebook circles, what you've done is you've taken, I don't know, a whole bunch of of typical examples of what people around the world do post on Facebook, right? I mean, typical things, whether it's pictures, whether it's uh, statements, whether it's stuff about uh, about the person or other people, all these different tags and all these different things that people are uh, friending, unfriending, and you've, you, you wanted the students to actually put them in different categories. Take these things, let me know what you would post on your Facebook page, what you're not sure about, and what you would not post on the Facebook page. What do we learn from this exercise? Well, one thing we know about adolescents is that they're thinking about their immediate experience. They have a very hard time looking to the future, right. and, and they, they repel that. They don't want to look to the future. Plenty of adults have trouble looking <laughs> to the future. I'm with you. But um, so we're attempting to do with this program, and this really is coming from, you know, the help of the psychologists in Berea who've really brought it to my attention and we've integrated into all the schools at this point, um, is give them a glimpse of that future. Here, here's your reality. This is what you're living in. Here's what it is today. <laughs> here's what it is today. But let's for a second, for a moment, pause <laughs> and look at the, the potential. Where could this go in the future? Right. Um, and take them out of their immediate experience and have them contemplate something where that – you know, they're not yet ready to do, but we really assist them in that process. And does it work? It we does won't work. know for another 10 years. <laughs> well, I think it works because students after the program, students then go home, they reflect, they may change th their behaviors just a little bit. How many of them leave the internet? Well, I don't think the goal is for them to leave the internet. Right, but does it happen? I don't think. I've yet to hear of the student who's left the Internet as a result Nobody of this Nobody is program. getting rid of their Facebook profile after these conversations. Yeah. But, I but would that's not that what you're demanding or suggesting. I would hope they use it more responsibly. Right. That's our that's intention. That's all you want. It's simple yeah. as that. We, yeah. need to, we need to promote more responsibility into our community when it comes to these things. Right. And use, utilize a good thing, right, or something with the potential for great good, you know, right. for 
right. for as many good purposes as possible. I operate with the understanding that this is here, right. and it's not going anywhere too fast. Correct. And if that's the case, let's understand it, and let's find the best way to exist with it. Have other schools consulted with you on this? This looks like a program that actually could go viral, excuse the term. <laughs> right. Well, well, not with this specific program, but I would say that we're regularly creating new programs, and I think our, our general perspective is let's, let's use grassroots approach. Let's understand what the phenomenon is first. Let's conduct our research, and based on that, let's develop programs that, that could ultimately address whatever right. problems we see. Dr. Akiva Perlman is here, and we mentioned that as chair of the guidance department, you're now overseeing this combination of all the different departments working together, uh, elementary, middle, high school, et cetera, et cetera. We know what college guidance is, and that's probably one of the first guidance departments to get into our era of, of high schools. And we know what uh, you know Israel guidance and all these different things are. But when, it, when it's not talking about specifically where students need to go in the future, what is the guidance department doing on a regular basis? Are they simply keeping an eye on each student to make sure that they're, you know, they continue to, on the path to excel or on whatever path, you know, is best for them? At, at its most basic level, uh, we're here to prevent the stumbling blocks. So if someone is having a hard time, which is typical, if a kid's struggling at home, academically, socially, we're here to give them a hand to support them. For a kid to know that there's someone in the building. Uh, I just said this the other day. I got a call uh, from one of the 11th graders on Purim. And he had my cell phone number, as, as do many of the students. Um, and he found himself in a scenario where many of his many friends were drinking, um, and he wanted to speak with me about it. And what he said after when he came back was, the fact that I know that you're there, hmm. I know that you're here, uh, to me that, that gives me a great deal of comfort. For students to know at any given time that there's someone here in the building who, if they're having a hard time, if it's a particular scenario or it's a larger life problem, there's someone to talk about. I think that's the most basic level of what we do. But I think that we attempt, and I th we do largely go a great deal beyond that, uh, and have a very proactive approach where we try to understand what's taking place and do a lot of prevention, do a lot of awareness. We have programs from the elementary school through high school. I don't have them here, but we have two, a leadership program that's being instituted now in the elementary school. We have big brother programs in the girls' school and the boys' school. We have technology programs. There's a lot that's taking place on a regular basis that goes beyond just if there's a problem, we're here. Uh, uh, we want to create a culture in the institution that's positive and that's uh, – that's forward thinking. I think this is one of the important reasons why institutions that are as uh, as uh, classic and as have been around for as long as JEC has one of the reasons they continue to succeed because it's obvious yeah. you're adjusting to what's going on, th on out there today. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. I thank them for that opportunity every day. Uh, Dr. Perlman, nice meeting you. It's a real pleasure. Dr. Thank Akiva you. Perlman is chairman of the guidance department here at uh, JEC, and of course that now means RTMA and Breweria as well, and uh, we are here. Uh, at 330 Elmora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and continue to invite everyone to come on down and say hello. We'll meet some of the students who are going to be coming into this building a little later on in our program. I do remind you that the JEC annual dinner happens on Tuesday, June the 17th at the Venetian here in New Jersey. And I also remind you that uh, the guests of honor that night are Miriam and Marty Knecht and Mimi and Harry Statler, Madame Esther Captain, who I think we're going to hear from later as Educator of the Year, Special service awardees that night as well. It's all happening on Tuesday, June the 17th. Go to thejec.org, thejec.org for all the information. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechanishmas Rav Zeb and Rabbi Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Chinuch Education. 
The altar of Kelm used to interpret the Pasuk, that even when a person gets older and he has no one to educate him, he should continue to be Mechanech himself. He should give himself Musar. The Gemara in Ksubis tells us about Yoshafat HaMelech. When the Melech used to see a Tamun Chacham, he would stand up from his throne, he would hug him and kiss him. He would call him Rebbe, Rebbe, Murray, Murray. We see from this that even when he was older and had already had the honor of the kingdom, with all of this, he was still Mechabed Tamidei Chachomim. He gave honor to Torah scholars. We don't find there was another person giving him Musr. We must say, therefore, that he gave himself Musr all of his days. In the Shailas and Shuvas Chaim Shal, it says that we learn from here that if a person would be sitting holding the Sefer Torah and his Rebbe would walk in front of him, if there's no place to rest the Sefer, a person would have to stand even if it means that the Sefer Torah will also stand. Where do we see this from? From Yehoshaphat HaMelech. We know that Amelech has a Sefer Torah continually in his hand. Yet, we see that he stood up for the Tamur Chacham. Hagon Rav Shalom Shvadron was a mashkiach in Yeshiva Tiferes Tzvi. The Yeshiva once had the great privilege that the Zakanba Musar, Hagon Rav Elia Lopian, came to visit. He gave a shear for the Bochrim of the Yeshiva. Just as Rav Lopian was about to open the door to leave, Rav Shvadron lay down on the floor. The Talmidim didn't know what was going on. Rav Shvadron should do such a thing? After the great Goin left, Rav Shvadron went to the Bim and said, I will explain to you my actions. Chazal tell us, Pebe Mizabek Ba'afraglehem, in the dust of their feet. It's not metaphorical, it's not allegorical, it is real Torah Chinuch. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning Chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. want to uh, uh, thank everybody here at uh, J.E.C. who've been uh, so amazing in preparation for uh, today's show, including Adina Abramoff and Steve Karp and everybody who's been uh, working hard to uh, help us set up for today in our visit to Elizabeth, New Jersey. We are here at J.E.C., Jewish Educational Center, with our friends at RTMA, the Rav Tayyip Academy, and Bruria as well. As we get set to celebrate the big dinner coming up on June the 17th, I remind you there's a Bruria alum event for the class of 1989 happening on June the 29th. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome our wonderful friend, the Associate Dean of JEC, Rabbi Eliyahu Taitz, who is with us this morning at JM. Rabbi Taitz, good morning. Good morning, Nachum. Great to have you on again and to see you here this uh, morning. By the way, Rabbi Taitz mentioned that it's actually 12 three-generation yes. families. Correct. And if only, and we could spend the whole show on this, I better be careful, if only people would realize how rare that is in the Jewish world in general, and certainly as we progress in these generations, to already have uh, a family that has graduated three generations, not just that they're in the school, right. but has graduated three generations, quite an accomplishment. So uh, to all 12, we give them a special shout-out this morning. I just mentioned with Harry Perlman on the air how uh, it's amazing, you know, when, when an institution is as uh, as classic as JEC is, right? I don't want to say as old, but, I mean, it, it is difficult to stay on top. 
And it is always difficult to convince people who've been with institutions for a long time and have done an amazing job to continue to progress and look to the future. But his department is a very good example yeah, of what it's like edge. to stay current, right? And he didn't even get into all the other stuff that he does. Even more than that. Even more than that. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a tremendous um, uh, opportunity, and I'm sure when it comes to curriculum and when it comes to Judaic and secular studies, when it comes to every department, you have to do the same thing. Yeah. Not easy. That's it. You know, Brewery has a fantastic reputation, you know, top of the game, and staying there means you got to constantly improve. Correct. So that's what we look to do. And in general, the entire institution has, uh, has always met the challenge of uh, staying at the top and making sure to uh, provide the best education. And some of the things we've learned this morning have already proven that. You mentioned to me off the air that there's a, a legacy program that your staff is involved with. Right. We just uh, just started it uh, two weeks ago. Our federation um, partnered with the Grinspoon Foundation, Harold Grinspoon, who does lots of stuff, uh, PJ Library, for those who are familiar with that. Right. So what he started now is he started looking towards the future as far as trying to keep uh, – organizations, Jewish agencies around. So he's partnered with federations throughout the country, and the agencies within those federations, what he does is he brings out trainers to work with us on creating a legacy program, which means talking to people about giving gifts, leaving gifts in their wills, you know, whether it's a percentage of an estate, a dollar amount, part of an IRA, whatever it is, so that way we are planning for the long-range future. You know. Supporting institutions way beyond uh, uh, this generation. Right. And, uh, again, somewhat unique in our community. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Many times we wanted to make sure we survive. I'm not talking about physical survival, but even as institutions. Financially. Survive, survive financially so, for the year, survive right. financially for the next couple of years, and now it's a whole new vision. Right. And that takes training. Yes. And um, and that's one of the things that you're able to implement here. And as I said, when it comes to uh, a curriculum and trying to hire staff and to get accredited everywhere you wanted to be accredited, all right, this Right, so we're undergoing our Middle States accreditation for the second time now, and that just gives us an opportunity to take a step back and look at the big picture, everybody all together, see how our curriculum fits together. And Meaning we, all the institutions all, together. All the three different right. divisions, right. So we did it seven years ago, and uh, we're doing it again. And um, we hired somebody to work on the curriculum piece who will be coming later on, Rabbi Prail. Right. And he's working on that. And uh, he's already started a year and a half ago, even though our accreditation process is really gearing up now. But he already a year and a half ago, he was starting to work on seeing how the curriculum all fits together. Right. Wow. Unbelievable. Are you happy with the way things are and the way things continue to progress here? Um, yes. And I'll be even happier as we proceed to improve, <laughs> because there's always room for improvement. And if you got to stay, as we said, stay on top of the game. So we're always looking to improve. What is student population these days? Eight hundred and thirty. Eight hundred and thirty. Eight hundred and thirty. That's a that's a piece of information that should be <laughs> tossed around, frankly, for a Jewish institution, a Jewish educational institution. That's insane. That's pretty large. Yeah, yeah I'm using the wrong word. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's much to be proud of. Yes. Let me put it that way. And you consider that the average Jewish day school has under 100 students. Exactly. So, yeah, so we're, yeah, we're a big operation. Unbelievable. Great seeing you this morning. Thank you, you for welcoming well. us here again. Rabbi Elio Tights is associate dean here at JEC. And as you heard, JEC and RTMA and Brewery are all working together. It really an incredible effort to continue to uh, stay at the top in every single department. And they're doing a great job at it. And I do. Oh, and, I, and Rabbi Tights, I apologize. I'm going to call you back for a moment. 
I apologize. Why not take advantage of all the great history that you know here at the JEC schools to help me uh, pay tribute to the honorees on the 17th of June? Right. Uh, you, as an institution, are again going to have a major celebration. I was there last year. It's, it's right. beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, an yeah. unbelievable event. Yep. And um, Miriam and Marty Knecht are the guests of honor this right. year, they people you know very well. Very well. They've been here for many, many years. Uh, Marty actually worked for the JEC for a short while as well. And um, they've just been like, you know, whenever we need something, they're always there for us. One of the past president of the JEC as well. Right. One of the families that uh, you could consider a backbone of this institution. Yes. Uh, the Lave Tove Award being given to the Statlers that night. Right. Harry and Mimi. So um, Harry's been a guy over at the North Avenue Shoal. And Mimi works there as well. Within the community, she uh, coordinated my Parsha year for many years. <laughs> and um, the, we have a Parak on the Lawn series, and she kind of headed that up for a while as well. So, And they've been involved in the community also in lots of different things. Um, Harry was on the show board. Um, and uh, the Leif Tov Award is usually a community-based award, right. not a specifically school-based one. So and we, we are recognizing them for all their years of uh, incredible work on behalf so of the So we say Mazal Tov to the Statlers on that. Right. Educator of the Year, Madame Esther Captain. Did I uh, pronounce that properly? Captain. Captain. Yes. Madame Captain. She's been here um, many decades. Let's put it that way. A long time? A long time. In what capacity? Uh, She started as a French teacher. And um, here at the Boys High School at RTMA. Right. And then uh, she shifted over to Breweria. And she's still there. And she teaches um, French. And when there's an interest, she teaches Arabic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my sister uh, uh, said the Manishtan in Arabic. Oh, that's funny. That's it, yeah, when there's an interest. <laughs> so, and she's great, and everybody loves her. She's just this really wonderful woman, and uh, she's been here for a long time, and we said, you know what, she really deserves to be singled out. And the Special Service Award. Special Service Award, yes. Yeah, so, you know, maintenance staff come and go. You know, how long do they stick around? Five years, six years? We have uh, two people on our staff who have been here for over 20 years. And we thought that, you know, everybody loves them. Everybody knows them in this building. And we just felt that it was appropriate to single them out and say, you know, a special thank you to them. So any student well. told me at the dinner for the last 20 years, we're very happy to you see, see them. them. Right. Very nice. It's all happening on the 17th of June. Information on the web, thejec.org. Thank you, Rabbi Tyson. Enjoy the celebration. You're very welcome. Thanks I'm for sure it'll down. be beautiful again. A pleasure being here. Thank you for having us. June 17th at the Venetian, starting at 6.30 p.m. As I say, last year was an amazing celebration. You'll have an opportunity to get together with family and friends from the JEC family. Uh, again, coming up on the um, uh, 17th of June. And again, a reminder, the brewery alumna reunions, you can uh, email to get information about all their alumni events at alumni at the JEC.org, alumni at the JEC.org. And um, it, it was pointed out to me there's a special LinkedIn group that has been formed for JEC, Breweria, and RTMA alumni. It's actually called JEC, Breweria, RTMA Alumni Network. If you're on LinkedIn, you can access that, and uh, you can join in with a family that's now 75 years old. Uh, the JEC family. Again, uh, alumni can connect through the LinkedIn um, a group, uh, a JEC Berea and RTMA Alumni Network, or get information by emailing alumni at the JEC.org. We are on video. If you go to NahumSingle.com, you can actually see what's happening with all of our special guests right here live in our makeshift studio, which is in the beautiful shul here at the JEC in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I want to give a special shout-out to our friend Avi, who is here, always helping out behind the scenes, and I thank him. And to all of you out there who are uh, JEC, uh, Brewery, and RTMA alums, 
Um, spread the word that the big dinner is coming up on the 17th of June, uh, happening at the uh, Venetian in New Jersey. More guests coming up next. Keep it here at JM in the AM. Here we are at uh, JEC, the uh, uh, Jewish Educational Center, RTMA, Rav Tights, uh, Masifta Academy, and, of course, our friends from Brewery are visiting us, and we'll speak with them coming up. Mrs. Ora Scheinson is here. She uh, Apparently, she is the only person who can answer the question, are people in New Jersey ever going to be able 
to afford yeshiva tuition. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. I you. ask you, are people in New Jersey ever <laughs> going to be able to afford yeshiva tuition? What are your feelings on the matter? <laughs> well, there's a lot of great work that's going on with the OU, and I've been part of that as part from the uh, uh, part of the Elizabeth community. I never thought that that whole effort would, would be as active as it is. It really is It's amazing. been really fantastic, and I have to say that the staff at the OU has been absolutely fantastic in pulling together uh, the community support. But this community was really great in pulling together. We had a mini mission down to Trenton right. uh, to show our elected representatives that this is an issue that is really important to us. Uh, Assemblywoman Keanu came and visited our school. She was very impressed with education and the quality of the students here. And all that together, when we really come out and show that we are going to vote and it's important to us, it really does make a difference. What are we asking the government of the state of New Jersey? What is it that we want? So we have our big package and then our smaller packages. Um, the thing that we have been really focusing on this legislative session is a bill to uh, permit districts to give funding to non-public schools for special need services, uh, such as additional additional forms of therapy and other sorts of um, extra services that students need. Right now, there are serious restrictions on the amount of services a district is even permitted to give. So they'd fund it here or in any private school the way they would fund it if the student was a public school. Right. The idea is that the money should follow the student. Right. We understand we're not asking for uh, any sort of educational, right. uh, certainly religious education funding, but if a student, if we pay our taxes and a student is eligible for a certain form of therapy, then they shouldn't be less eligible just because they choose to pr attend a non-public school. Right. And so we're asking for that. And then there's all sorts of other types of aid that go to public schools, such as for technology, nursing, security. And our philosophy is that the money should follow the child. If there's 200, if there's a certain amount of money assigned for nursing per child in the public school systems, the same amount of money should be follow the child. Is New Jersey better than other states at this? Are they further along? Do you have any idea in terms of a comparison to what's happening in the rest of the country? Well, I can say that in New York and Pennsylvania... Uh, we've had some um, several success. The OU has had some successes with some of these bills that are already in place in right. New York and Pennsylvania. So we look forward to New Jersey joining them. But right now we are we are behind in that. So we are a drop behind. And uh, and in, in terms of the eventual goal, I'm not talking about the state <laughs> funding all of tuition. But when you mentioned bigger package, you'd like to see what eventually. What is that big prize down the road? It's really having all of the money follow the students. So right now we're right. picking on the technology, the, the smaller pieces, the technology, and, and asking for each individual one. But really the special needs uh, bill is our bigger package because right. that is one of the biggest issues for parents who have children who need extra services who are paying property taxes and then paying private school tuition to then have to go find and pay for out-of-pocket special needs services is, is really, that is a huge challenge and it's actually a very big challenge to Yeshiva budgets. Is this an important time of year? Is June, a, I don't know, are they still active in Trenton or are they vacation in Trenton? Like, is this an important time of year for all this or not? It's always important. It's always an important time of year because it's always important for us as a community to show that despite our number, that, that with our numbers, we actually are making a valuable addition to the election process. Right. So every, all the, all the time is the time to show your elected representative that you really care. But we did have a big push right before the, the bill was introduced into, um, onto the floor. Uh, that's when we had the mini missions down to OU, and it really, it really made a big impact. In but, Trenton. Yeah, in Trenton. Um, her, I hear that you're a new board member. 
here at the JEC? Um, new at uh, for a seventy-five year old institution? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're one of the new generation people, as they would call them, and uh, and and I am told that you're bringing some youthful enthusiasm to the entire process. Uh, Are you feeling that your contribution is one that's worthwhile? I most certainly am. That's that's that fantastic to feel that way. Well, Mrs. Arashidson, it's a pleasure meeting you. Continue the great battle because there are a lot of people out there that, believe me, are hoping you're successful and all your uh, colleagues are successful when it comes to tuition down in Trenton. Thank you very much. Thank a you pleasure. for having me. Great meeting you here today. JM and the AM as we continue at 10 minutes before 8 o'clock, and we are going to meet our friends from Breweria. That's right. We are going to meet our friends from Breweria. Rabbi Joseph Oratz is here, principal over at Breweria High School. And the Mrs. Shlomis Pikus, who we met last year as well, is associate principal. And Elisa Blumenthal, I'm told, is going to be joining us, director of student programming. And there are students here this morning from Breweria who are unusually silent. I thought Breweria has a... Ver- oh, there you go. <laughs> I guess they were waiting for the cue to make sure that they... <laughs> My Oretz is laughing. <laughs> he, know- he knows that they're ready. At- they're always at the ready when it comes to enthusiasm. This is for you, Rabbi Oratz. Microphone to your left, and an absolute pleasure to welcome you back to JM and the AM. How are you? Oh, they are not silent. Did you hear them <laughs> yesterday at the parade? They yeah, they're not silent. Awesome. That's true. They were dominating Fifth <laughs> Avenue, these students from Breweria and the entire JEC family. Uh, great to welcome you back to the show. Thank you for joining us here this Good morning. Good morning. Great to be here again. So it's toward the end of another school year. How does a principal feel when we're toward the end of another school year? Oh, mixed feelings. On the one hand, everybody needs a break. And on the other <laughs> hand, I really, although I love my staff and it's a great time to spend time with them over the summer, I miss the kids over the summer. So look at them out there. They're great. Yeah. You always seem to welcome wonderful students into your ninth grade and then say goodbye to even more wonderful students after 12th grade. Thank God. They are great. I guess that's terrific. I guess that's how it works. Um, There's so much happening. I have a list of so many wonderful things that are going on here uh, at Burria specifically. And, uh, by the way, Mrs. Pike, it's nice to welcome you to the air as well. Good morning. A pleasure to have you here. I recall last year's great dinner celebration, which was an amazing tribute to Mrs. Newman, your mother. Thank you. And I was there and enjoyed it. And it's amazing how people in the world of Jewish education in general, not just here in this building, look back at her life and her contribution to the whole picture. So. That continues, and Thank I'm sure you. you feel that from many people out there. Certainly do. Um, uh, so, my Oratz, where do I begin? I'm told that your your science program has just uh, exploded this yeah, year. Yeah, last year, the- last year, if you remember, I I, I uh, announced that we were starting that new science track, and right. uh, where we we just finished the computer engineering part of it, and we're ready to go on to the bioengineering part of it. And actually, I'm going to let Mrs. Pikus uh, do the talking about that because that's her area of expertise. Mrs. Pikus, we're going to soon be giving out doctorates at the end of the brewery session in 12th grade, the way it's going. We have a couple of young ladies out there who are possible candidates. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, okay. The pro- so tell me about the program. The uh, program um, was includes a, a bioengineering course in 10th in 11th grade, right. computer engineering in 9th grade under the auspices of SAGE, Center for Initiatives in Jewish Education. Right. They actually trained our teacher, Dr. Ruven Regev. They provide ongoing mentoring throughout uh, this school year and the upcoming school year. And um, our students have really accomplished tremendous things this year. One of the unique aspects of this program is the fact that uh, the teacher is almost secondary in the classroom. The students are researching, learning, answering questions. They have each, they work in work groups, sort of like they do at Google, and they did get to visit Google this year, and that was an amazing visit. Um, they are given problems that they 
essentially have to research, come up with solutions for. Uh, they built their own computers using Arduino technology. Uh, they built microprocessors. And just recently, they presented um, their creations at a, a huge assemblage of other schools that are also involved in this program. And I hope I'm not going to insult anyone out there from the girls who are here, but one of my favorite projects was a device for um, visually impaired individuals that helps them pair socks. When you get a pair, it sings a little song. If you don't have a pair, uh, it gives you a noise that tells you you need to go on and continue matching socks. Um, another group created a pillbox um, with an alert with reminders for patients, and they hope in the future to go on and figure out how to lock the compartments that aren't supposed to be open yet to prevent seniors from over-medicating. And these are programs that the girls wrote. This is actual microprocessor programming. They used Arduino, C++, and who could forget their little robots running around the hallway over there as they built Lego robots and basically wrote the programs that controlled them. Unbelievable. Now, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I cannot believe what they're involved in. And this is a commitment. Um, in 10th grade, they take this uh, computer engineering course. In 11th grade, uh, they take the uh, bioengineering course. They're also committed to taking physics, either in 11th and 12th grade. Those students who would like can still take AP Biology in the 11th, and then they'll take a physics class in the 12th grade. And we're running physics at two levels, uh, both regular high school physics as well as an honors advanced physics. So there's something for everyone. Is there pressure for uh, people to... To go to these courses because they're, uh, they see their colleagues, their friends pursuing these things? I would imagine there's quite a bit of interest. Um, and to pique that interest, the ninth graders this year had an after-school elective, uh, actually a last-period elective that was optional, where they also uh, got a taste of C++ programming and robotics. And what made that class unique is there were freshmen and seniors in that last-period class, and that uh, was enjoyed by all. Unbelievable. Send some of those students who went to Google to their station one morning, if you don't mind. I'd love to, I'm sure people in this audience would love to hear what that visit Some of them are out here like. right now. Yeah, we'll see if we can get a word, but uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, what about our Judaic studies, Rabbi Oratz? What about the uh, history courses, Zionism, etc.? Have those picked okay, up Okay, so one of, the, one of the uh, uh, un, unknown uh, uh, things that goes on at Berea is that we've had, for as many years as I can remember, a Zionism course, uh, uh, you know, teaching Zionism, a full-year course, because... Uh, it's one thing to be Zionistic, and I, we found that a lot of the people just don't really know anything about Zionism until they actually learn it. They, they know they, they believe in it, but they don't know what it is. So <laughs> between that course and the Holocaust course, uh, you know, they really get a full 20th century, uh, you know, f- f- full knowledge of what went, on, what went on in the prior to the 20th century and including the 20th century. And we did uh, a whole segment on the Holocaust Museum. That's right. an annual. That's right. That's right. Mr. Gla- Mr. Joel Glazer, right. our history teacher, puts together uh, with the girls this incredible museum. And in fact, this year we expanded it to include the entire bottom floor, uh, so that they could actually walk through uh, all the halls of the bottom floor and uh, and 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 see the see the entire era come to life. Um, we're also this coming year starting a uh, Torah Umada elective. Uh, because the girls have come to us and said, you know, we live it, but we don't know about it. Who's going to be in charge of that curriculum, or has it been chosen yet? (laughs) Uh, I have a... There's some good recommendations out there. Yeah, there are some people out there who seem to know something about it. So I have a couple of excellent candidates, uh, you know, for for that course. Uh, Of course, by this point, it's known that uh, our Torah Bowl team are the champions of the entire... uh, 
entire area. Congratulations. So we're very excited about that. We're also excited about the fact that we have a uh, Chidon, a national Chidon winner, second place winner, who's going to be going to Israel for the international Chidon Tanakh. Uh, Are we allowed to reveal that student's name? Her name is Shalva Eisenberg. And uh, we're very excited. Uh, she's going to be actually spending some time in school uh, preparing for, for that Chidon. Does as, she have a Chidon course, coach? Uh, she has actually, her father is a great Chidon coach. He, he's really uh, so he's, very much. He's, he's in the charge. One. He's the one in charge. It's like he, one of those ice skating coaches, right? <laughs> he's got her on a schedule. No, the truth is I met with him. I met with him and we talked about it. It's really great. Uh, and one last thing uh, that the kids don't know about. So every time I, go, I come on this show, I usually <laughs> announce something that, that surprises the kids. Um, we are starting a new school-wide Bikiyut program, or if you speak the, speak the other language, Bikiyus, right. uh, where the girls in a, in a two-year cycle are going to go through all Hamisha Chumshe Torah, and they're going to know it. Yeah, some of the kids are sitting out there going, yes, cool, that is so cool. Because they ask me about this all the time. You know, we, we learn Chumash in depth, but, you know, we don't know the broad the broad part of it. So we're looking, at, we're excited about you that. You may have more Chidon winners if you institute a program like that's that. Right, Who knows? That's right. Unbelievable. What's going on here is just incredible. And uh, we congratulate you on really progressing uh, every single year. More curriculum and uh, more challenges for the students in bioengineering. I'm only half joking when I say they deserve doctorates at the end of this whole process. It's really incredible. And they, uh, and w- when they create these inventions, is that part of a competition or something that happens statewide or nationwide? Or it could be something that they just they, take an interest in themselves. They presented, um, school in Long Island hosted them and they presented together with many, many other schools. There were so many students there, it was almost impossible for them to see all the exhibits. Right, right now it's not in the form of a science fair. They did this for a year and grade. They were excited to do it, and they can't wait to go on. Correct, Unreal. girls? That's right. Ladies, keep it going over there at Bruria, and congratulations. So one, one quick shout-out to the entire Bruria, all the kids who were at the parade yesterday. Yes. You were absolutely fantastic. Unbelievable. And I'm told graduation is the 15th of June. So 15th? I'm told. So is that I'm the 15th? Told. I just show up on the day they tell so me. So congratulations show. to all the graduates and to everybody who's doing such an amazing uh, progressing amazingly over there at Bruria. Uh, Rabbi Oretz, thank you. Thank Mrs. Pikus, thank you. Great Pleasure to see to you here. both and uh, continued success. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Our friends from RTMA have had uh, amazing progress over the last school year. The first year that Rabbi Hachbaum has been here, we get an opportunity to speak with him and other special guests coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. and uh, that was Sandy Shmueli, and it gives me a gr- it gave me great pleasure. Yet, oh, sorry about that, Z.K. I keep doing that to you. Sorry, it gave me great pleasure yesterday when I saw uh, Sandy Shmueli on the uh, on the fl- on one of the floats of the big Celebrate Israel parade. It was a great day yesterday. Thanks to everybody who was tuned in, to all of our wonderful sponsors who made the parade show an amazing show yesterday on our stream. Uh, and to everybody who was talking about the brand new NSN app and the show in general, it was wonderful. Don't forget, we're on video right now. If you're a, whether you're a JEC, RTMA, Breweria alum or not, you could go to our website at NahumSiegel.com and see on the homepage our uh, amazing program happening here in the beautiful shul at the JEC building. I want to welcome Matis Weingast, who just walked in, who I believe... I believe as an alum, Rabbi Tights, do we have confirmation that Matis, in fact, graduated from uh, from RTMA? I believe we do, right? He did attend for four years. There you go. So he went ahead and did graduate. It is an absolute delight to welcome Harav Elazar Mayor Tights, the dean of the JEC, the Jewish Educational Center, for words of greeting this morning. Rabbi Tights, as I said to you just a couple of minutes ago, another strong 75 years for JEC. Why not? Let's keep going forward. Amen, but I hope they'll be in Yerushalayim, not in Elizabeth. Amen to that. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you say as we get toward the end of another school year, graduation coming up, and you reflect on yet another successful year at the JEC? Baruch Hashem, the school keeps getting, uh, you just heard the program in Berea, yeah. I, I heard pulling up. It's getting stronger. We don't rest on our laurels. We look upon what we've accomplished until now as a challenge to build upon for the future and to get ever better as as much as we can. There's an amazing history here, which means you're one of those unique institutions that has, thank God, a strong past, a strong present, and as we've heard this morning, really a strong future as well. Baruch Hashem, actually... Uh, Elizabeth was the first small town to have a day school in, the, in America. Right. 
I think that when I look back, that was my father's greatest contribution, the idea that every community can have Torah education and doesn't have to have 100,000 Jews to maintain it. And his legacy then is being felt in hundreds of towns around this country. Because that's what they're doing in so many different places. Baruch Hashem, yes. It is amazing. I thank you very much for being here and for greeting us and I wish you a, a wonderful Yontif. And, uh, and again, a Mazel Tov as the graduates get ready to wrap up another wonderful school year. Thank you. And when we get to Yerushalayim, I hope to meet with you again and reminisce and look towards the future then as well. Amen. Thank you so much. Rabbi Elazar Mayer Taitz, the Dean of the Jewish Educational Center, an amazing friend for so many years. And somebody that everybody here uh, rightfully looks up to on a daily basis. It is a pleasure to focus on what's happening at RTMA. I have heard so many wonderful things over this school year since Rabbi Hachbaum has taken over about what has happened uh, at the Rabbi Taitz Masifta Academy. Uh, Rabbi Peretz Hachbaum, the last time we spoke to him, I believe, was just as he assumed the position or was just announced that he would be taking over as the principal uh, here at RTMA, and he is joined this morning. Is uh, is I, I saw Rabbi Newman before, but I don't know if he's here this moment. But he is joined. I see you're accompanied by a whole bunch of wonderful students here this morning. And that's JC. It comes with a posse. The RTMA boys like are making that. sure I'm behaving myself. A whole gang following you around to make sure that you're well taken care of. Uh, Rabbi Hachbaum, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's great to see you again. Same here. So how has the first year gone? Uh, the first year is an important year in any tenure as principal. The first year is an important year indeed. And uh, if you want to know how it's gone, just take a look at these young men who are shining examples of uh, everything that the RTMA is all about. Thank God it's been a year of growth and development and real hit patkud for our school. And it's really uh, demonstrated by the great strides that our, uh, our boys have had over the course of the year. Uh, I'm sure a year ago, and you may even have mentioned some on the air, you had certain goals, things you either wanted to innovate, bring into RTMA, things you wanted to accomplish. Uh, what were some of those things over the last 12 months? Well, thank God we have had the opportunity to accomplish a lot of our goals. There's always more to do, but we're happy that we've developed a tremendous Israel education program at mm-hmm. the school, and uh, some of the boys sitting next to me here were involved in that program. Um, it would be nice to ask them yeah, about sure. their uh, their final exam in uh, in Hasbara and how they're going to be preparing to uh, make the arguments on behalf of the state of Israel when they're out there on campus and uh, and in the world. Who should we hand the microphone to? We could do that right now. Which one of these gentlemen should we uh, should we turn to? Uh, how about uh, Mr. Cantor? Tzvi, what do you think? Tzvi, good morning to you. Morning. How is the Hasbara program? Before I load up and give you a doozy of a question. <laughs> well, it's a very interesting program, and pretty much the final exam is going to be where Hachum gives us an example. He's saying that, imagine that you're in a college course, right. and all the college students are looking at a pro-Palestine um, side because they've been influenced by the media. So right, something that happens very often these days. Yeah, right? so how would you respond to that, and how would you demonstrate your arguments on why Israel has a right to exist, how it's a real democracy in the Middle East, and how... Um, it's the Jewish people's homeland and how why we deserve to have it. So now, as you get into different situations, whether it be college or even just casual social conversations with people, either now or years from now, you'll have what's necessary to combat what they say uh, if it's negative about Israel. Yes. It's amazing because you're preparing not just leaders for tomorrow, but people who are in any situation could really stand up for Israel. Right. And you know what is also, Nachum, yesterday we had an unbelievable uh, representation at the uh, Salute Israel Parade, although I think they changed the name. Celebrate Israel. Celebrate Israel. I don't want to get in trouble. (laughs) The Celebrate Israel Parade. And one of the reasons I think that there were so many guys from RTMA there 
aside from the fact that we made a mandatory, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> um, is because when you learn about Israel and you in, internalize it and you love Israel, then you want to go out there and you want to be supportive. Um, so really, I think that was a great opportunity for the boys. Um, perhaps you want to ask Ariel Alteras over here to talk about uh, some of the other things we've done. For example, next year, all of our boys, not just in the Mude Chol, not just in general studies, but in religious studies as well, will have an opportunity to actually elect which classes they're going to be taking. So we're building in elective courses in both Limude Kodesh and Limude Chol for next year. Ariel, good morning to you. Good morning. So what strikes your fancy? If we if we look at your schedule for next year, what will we find on it? Um, so the children in JC were given the opportunity for the fourth period uh, to choose a class that we'd like to take. I personally chose Machshavat Yisrael. So mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, going out of the usual classroom setting and, you know, just thinking about, you know, what is Judaism, how important is it? And, you know, I think that's important because... You know, the Gemara is important, the Chumash is important, but you really need to understand and appreciate, you know, Judaism in another way, and that's what these classes are really offering us at the JEC. How would we interpret that? Jewish philosophy, Jewish thought? Well, contemporary Jewish thought right. is a combination of um, modern thinkers as well as the classical thinkers. And, uh, you know, the strength of the program obviously lies in giving kids the opportunity to ask the questions of why and the what fors and not just put their finger on the place but actually internalize the learning. And while it's great to be able to choose what you want to learn, Nachum, it's really great to be able to be influenced by an important teacher in your life. And to my left here, I want to introduce and uh, wish a mazal tov publicly to Rabbi Shmuel Tau, Rabbi Tau, who teaches for us at RTMA as well as in the afternoon uh, at Brewery in the Brewery Division. And Rabbi Tau was uh, named last week as this, one of this year's Teachers of Excellence by the Grunspun Foundation. So mazal tov to Rabbi Tau. Rabbi Tau, congratulations. Nice to see you. Grab that microphone. I have, is this not- oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You don't have to grab that microphone. You have a microphone. So is it time for your acceptance speech? Would you like to give your, your official acceptance speech for the award? This acceptance speech really is uh, it's a mutual award. It's not mine. It belongs to the entire faculty. From the dean's office down through the administration, the, the, um, the amount of, of energy that they put in to facilitate uh, change and, and moving an education forward to the 21st century is phenomenal. So I'm just really sharing an award with all my faculty members. We work hard to uh, do what we can to make sure the boys and the girls are uh, prepared for the future, whether it's in Limud Kodesh in, in uh, Gemara or Halacha, whatever it may be. It's really a, it's a testament to the entire institution. At RTMA specifically, you get an opportunity uh, to teach a variety of classes, right? You're not dealing with one grade, correct? No, no I teach Gemara to the 10th grade, 12th grade Chumash, and 9th grade Navi. So uh, when you see the difference, and this is not a knock on the 9th graders at all, but I'm sure you see tremendous progress as you get to the older grades and deal with them on a Phenomenal. daily basis. Phenomenal. The, the growth is tremendous, and you see it. Uh, from, it's not just 9th grade. There's different levels of 9th right. grade, and you see the different uh, – it's just the amount of, of, of differences that we have in Rabbeim to, to – to, 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 uh, to connect with the different levels is phenomenal. Uh, how long have you been here? Ten years. Nice. Ten That's years. a good stretch of time. These days when you hear someone somewhere for ten years, it's like miraculous. It's pretty good. You know? pretty good. It's like two, like two and a half generations in a high school. Exactly. Area, you know? It's unbelievable. I've got to tell you that I have to be very nice to Rabbi Tab, not only because he's a teacher of excellence as recognized by the Greenspun Foundation, but he was also, I think, the deciding vote on the search committee that hired me for this position. So we are now even, Rabbi Tao. 
<laughs> you have a debt of gratitude. We're all good. But, you know, Rabbi Taub next year is also going to be involved in another goal that we're trying to reach is building some new curricular opportunities, and we'll be partnering with Rav Yosef Tzvi Ramon in Israel and Alon oh, Shvud wow. and bringing in a new kashrut curriculum, which uh, we're preparing for as well. And I think that uh, one of my friends here, Donnie Brodsky, wants to talk about the pride that the kids get when they're part of a school where they have their own choices and they get to express themselves. Donnie, good morning. Good morning. What's your, what's your comment about that, what Rabbi Hachbaum just said? Um, well, you know, when you walk in JEC, if you ask a kid, are you proud to be part of the JEC family, they say 100% yes. You know, this is a family here. It's not just a school, not just students, not just teachers, but, you know, an actual family. And, you know, I'm, pr- I'm proud to come to school every single day to be part of this family. Very nice. Boy, oh boy. And we're proud to have you, Donnie. Very nice. Thank you. Now go to class. <laughs> when you mention a name like Rav Ramon, for those who are familiar, his, again, if, you've never, if people have never met him, he's a great personality. But if you've seen his books, his curriculum, his, just what he's released to the Jewish community in terms of halacha and, and different things, he's done things that nobody else has done. Rav Ramon is truly one of the gedolei hador. Right. People don't realize Correct. not only what he's done in learning, but what he's done for the Jews uh, following Gush Katif and resettling families. Um, one of the great things uh, that I was fortunate enough to, uh, to fall into when I got here is our Israel Guidance Director, Rabbi Parnas, makes a trip every year to visit the guys. You know, everyone talks about uh, JC being a, a five-year school because the fifth year we continue to be in touch, and it's true in Berea and it's true in RTMA. And I went with Rabbi Parnas to Israel to visit the guys. Uh, one of the components that I added to the trip this year is it's not just about visiting the guys and the reunion and having a great time with the boys, but it's also a curricular opportunity. There's unbelievable learning and teaching going on in Israel. And I was returning to my roots at Gush and visiting with uh, Rabbi Moshe Tarragon from Gush, and he suggested I meet with Rav Ramon. And the uh, you know quick, quick and dirty version is uh, of the story is that Rav Ramon uh, and I met for about 45 minutes. We talked about uh, the various opportunities, and now we're bringing the Kasher program to RTMA, and we're going to be offering it to all of our seniors next year, and we're bringing in the Shemitah program that they're working on. So this is just an unbelievable opportunity for RTMA to partner with leaders in education and curriculum uh, in Israel. So Rob Ramon really can create worlds in 45 minutes. Uh, it's, it, it's, <laughs> you sit down with him for 45 minutes, all of a sudden there's something brand new, a new project that's happening. 45 minutes with Rob Ramon is Lamalam and Azman. It's just, uh, just unbelievable. Well, that's wonderful news. So there'll be uh, additional curriculum that's an innovative curriculum here at RTMA that are under uh, your leadership and obviously are heavily influenced by people like him. Which you know, it's it's really it's really a blessing, and it's, it's 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 thank you for saying my leadership. But it's not just me. It's Rabbi Sauber, it's Rabbi Newman, and we're all led by Rabbi Tights and Rav Tights, who uh, who help us so much. And you met with Dr. Kivi Perlman earlier, was a big part of our yeah. leadership team, and, uh, and and Rabbi Yisrael Rich, our director of student activities. So I'm very blessed to be working with some phenomenal educators, phenomenal people, and uh, it's really been a fantastic opportunity. I want to give a shout-out, if I can, also sure. to a couple of our boys. Uh, our uh, valedictorian this year is Uri Shalmon. Noam Shachak is our salutatorian. And we just found out that Yitzhi Ritter, one of our uh, 12th graders, was, uh, was honored by, uh, by ShopRite here locally <laughs> for an outstanding academic uh, achievements. And we're really proud of our guys who are heading off of 
all, uh, almost everyone in the class will be in Israel, and after that, going off to Yeshiva University and to Landers and Queens College and other places, we have a number of boys with scholarships, and we're really, really proud of all of their accomplishments. Who did we not meet of these four gentlemen this morning? So, Acharon, Acharon, Chaviv, we got to meet Ozzy, Ozzy Kimmel. Hey, Ozzy, good morning. Hi, good morning. Where are you going to be headed? Are you a senior, junior? No, I'm a junior. You're a junior, okay. And how are things at RTMA? You know what? Thank God they're great. It's right in the time of... Uh, Elections for the student government oh, now. Nice. It's the elections are going to be this Friday. Are you going to be running? I am going to be running. I'm running for multimedia director. There you go. Are we allowed to give them a plot? I don't know the rules. <laughs> what are the election uh, campaign rules? I'd like to know. I don't know if we can endorse you. I don't know if I'm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Well, good <laughs> don't luck. Worry, I didn't pay you. <laughs> <laughs> we can certainly wish you good luck. And uh, to all the young men who we met this morning, continued success here at RTMA. Rabbi Hachbaum, great job. As great always. seeing you. Pleasure seeing you. And again. I'm glad you've had an amazing first year. It's wonderful. Thank God. Thank you very much. And Rabbi Tal, Mazel Tov to you again. Thank you very much. A pleasure. It's an amazing award and one that's recognized by everybody here. JM and the AM. Thank you, Rabbi Hachbaum. Amazing. Uh, JM and the AM, as we continue, this is 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web at jmandtheam.org. Oh, oh. 
Godlu done by Ari Boyanju. I want to thank ZK, who has an amazing high-definition video going here. If you go to NahumSiegel.com, you can actually see what's happening in the beautiful JEC Shul in the center of our building here at Almora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. That's where we're broadcasting from. Big thank you to Adina Abramoff uh, for again coordinating our invitation to um, the JEC family for this morning. And a thank you to Steve Karp and all the wonderful people who were here early this morning to help out and make sure that things were set up on our behalf. It is great to start the week, a very short week, but a great week here at JEC with uh, family and friends. A, a big shout-out to Matis Weingast, and a happy birthday to Ellie. I'm told that Ellie Weingast's birthday is today. I remember. Oh, yes, I remember all those years ago uh, when Ellie was born. I want to take this opportunity to welcome some of our friends from JEC to the air, including Rabbi Shlomo Schwartz, who's principal here at the Jewish Educational Center, uh, Dr. Goldie Grossman, assistant principal. They are both with us uh, this morning, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having us again, Nachum. We appreciate it. It is great to have you here. Some people think that JEC is attracting students only from Elizabeth, New Jersey. You would tell me that's not the case. 100%. We, Baruch Hashem, are drawing from several growing communities here in North Central Jersey, Hillside, Elizabeth, Springfield, West Orange, Linden, and we even have some students coming in from Staten Island and from Passaic. Uh, we're so glad that people want to take advantage of the rich modern Torah education that we offer. Well, there's no question that uh, it's far-reaching, that's for sure. And uh, I remember from personal experience students from Staten Island coming out here and, as you said, from different areas as well. So JEC continues to attract people from all over the place. Um, uh, Dr. Grossman is um, coordinating, I was told, a whole variety of different curricular initiatives that are happening here at JEC. Do you want to hear the list that I was given of the different things that you're coordinating here? It's probably very long. It is a long <laughs> list. Well, including Kriya, which is, I assume is Hebrew reading, correct? Yes. That's something that you're concentrating on. How's that gone so far? Amazingly, amazingly well. We are so proud of what the kids are doing and what the teachers are doing. What we really did is we took a step back and we said, okay, we're, we're teaching Kriya, but what are the kids really mastering? Mm. Because kids who struggle with Hebrew reading later on have gaps. Right. There are funny pieces that they're missing. And we looked back and really broke it down. Um, and, you know, we've seen that the kids are doing so well. They come into first grade proud, confident, and really good at it. And then they just build on that going from there. Because sometimes as kids get older in our community, it gets frustrating for the adults when the kids are not reading well, and you wonder, you know, what have they been doing their whole elementary school life? You were, you're addressing that problem head on. It's earlier than that. I'm you, saying, yeah. You know, when the primer teacher, that's the year before first grade right. there, when the primer teacher sees that a child is a little bit shaky with the olive phase, we have learning lab teachers already in there to shore that up because you can't start working on the Nakudos on a shaky olive phase foundation. Look, if they could teach this to babies, they would do it already in our community because they want to get them started as early as possible. It's a great idea to get them started early. Balance literacy. What does balance literacy mean? Okay, that would be like um, about two semesters of college. <laughs> but in brief, our kids are having amazingly rich literacy experiences. They're working with fantastic books. Um, and their writing this year, which has been the focus of our balanced literacy work this year, has been beautiful. We've really been focusing on the idea of close reading without going into another course right. on Common Core. Um, you know, the, really looking at a piece of literature and saying, what's the value of every word here? And they do this in what grades? 
kindergarten and up. It could even be kindergarten. Absolutely. I thought we don't read or write anymore now that we have iPads and iPhones. It doesn't work that way? No. They still analyze stuff. They still utilize actual books. They still go ahead and, and explore the world of reading. And they still cry at the end of books sometimes. <laughs> really? Yes, good. they do, that's even good. boys. Do they rejoice when it's a good ending? Yes, they do. All right, that's good to hear. And they wonder what might have happened next. Uh, oh, they actually conjecture about different endings. Yes, I like that. I always like that exercise. You know, How would you end the book? Singapore math. That sounds like a foreign concept. Excuse the uh, pun. <laughs> What's the story with Singapore math? So, you know, thinking, thinking about it with literacy... Any yeah. adult would be embarrassed to say, oh, I, I don't read. But it's okay for adults to say, oh, I don't do math. And math is... Yeah, that's true. Right? Why do we get away with that when it comes to math but not reading? I don't do math. I'm going to mull that over as you tell us what Singapore math is. So <laughs> Singapore math, you know, looks um, looks at math as a language. And we know that in our technology-oriented society and with the STEM focus on education that we can't just say, oh, well, we don't really do math. And um, Singapore has an amazingly successful math curriculum, and many other countries have adapted pieces of it. And really what we're looking at is the idea of um, conceptual understanding instead of just knowing, oh, let's say to multiply fractions, you know, you just go this and this and this, and you know yeah, the memorization, algorithm. memorization, right? Right, but that's kind of meaningless, and you're not a mathematician, and then you just don't do math. You're just an arithmetician, um, which is something that a computer can do. So then what's the point of teaching it? Hey, I'm sure that half the students would agree with you on that. Why do the calculation we have calculators or now computers? Because you're a problem solver. You know right. Singapore math and you can do the problem solving. So it's really named for Singapore, like it comes from the country of Singapore. It actually does. Amazing. Here in Elizabeth, New Jersey, we're incorporating stuff from halfway around the world to the benefit of the students. It's pretty cool. And writing, which gets us, by the way, to one of our special guests this morning, explain the writing and the progress that's been made in this area here. So um, what the students have been doing is really working with the idea that writers write about what they know, and they use specific techniques to make their writing come alive. Uh, for example, the fifth graders were working on personal narratives. How do you write a story? You know, what techniques do you put in so that it's not and then and then and then and then and then? You know, zooming in on the small moment when that plane was taking off to Florida, putting in the dialogue. You know, then this becomes a story, and it's rich. Um, you know, and, and during April, which was National Poetry Month, we looked at poetry, which people say, uh, you know, kind of like math. Uh, but when you look at what makes poetry come alive, both when you're reading it or writing it, it's that word choice. And we did a, a fabulous Yomi Rushalayim exercise, which actually came from two teachers. Uh, Mrs. Henner and Mrs. Kaplan said, hey, we learned about this when we had a professional developer come, this idea of making poetry come alive. Let's say we applied it to Yomi Rushalayim. What would happen then? Yeah, and what was the result? Can I have Ricky Kaminer, a third grader, share the results? Ricky Kaminer is in the third grade here at JEC. Ricky, good morning to you. How are you? Are you a poet? No. You're not a poet? In other words, you're a poet and you don't even know it. How do you like that? All right, Ricky Kaminer went ahead and did what, uh, uh, Dr. Grossman? She went ahead and, and created a poem about Yom Yushalayim? Our entire school did. Right. And Ricky's going to be the one who is going to read it. So you can tell you about which stands. So you chose Ricky to present this morning. That's how good this part of the poetry was. You're saying it was the whole poem was good. We're proud of all of our students, all of our teachers, but we needed a student to read it, and Ricky was a good choice. Who these days would get away with singling out a student? Of course, we're proud of everybody, but Ricky's here (laughs) to read her. What are you going to be doing, Ricky? What are you going to be doing for us this morning? Reading the poem. Okay, let's hear it. Go right ahead. Yerushalayim by the Yeshiva of Elizabeth student body. 
It's spicy, tasty, delicious food. It's clear, blue, puffy, clout-filled sky. It's old, beige, bumpy stones. It's gorgeous, glittering, golden buildings. It's old, ancient, holy history. It's protective, awesome, holy Torah. It's old, special, holy Kotel. It's strong, respectful, resilient people. Practical situation. It's emotional, powerful, personal prayer. It is our majestic, old, safe home. Very nice. Boy. In one short poem, you got a lot of uh, nice uh, things to say about Jerusalem in there, I can tell you that much. And now I understand, this was a poem done by everybody, that, uh, and, and Ricky went ahead and represented the entire group. Uh, so congratulations on that. Uh, we're speaking to um, uh, Rabbi Shlomo Schwartz, principal of JEC, Dr. Goldie Grossman, the assistant principal here. And, um, and um, who are we, do we have... Uh, this is Ellen Bloomberg? I'm so confused, I apologize. And Rabbi Schwartz, tell everybody who Ellen Bloomberg is. This is Ellen Bloomberg, is our math coordinator here at the Yeshiva of Elizabeth, and she has worked tirelessly over the last number of years to upgrade and innovate the program for mathematics, and uh, the Singapore math implementation is really her brainchild. Ellen Bloomberg, when was the last time you were in Singapore? Uh, <laughs> never. What? And you're doing Singapore math? I'm shocked. <laughs> well... What could you tell us about this math program that we haven't heard yet this morning? Okay, well, in Singapore, uh, in the 1980s, actually, they developed, their Ministry of Education developed this new program, uh, a new way of teaching math, a uh, much deeper understanding. I mean, the reputation of the United States has always been a mile wide, an inch deep. Um, they've sort of taken that and sort of reversed it. Um, mile deep and, uh, you know, an inch wide. Right. So what happens is that the students learn and master um, mathematical concepts uh, in greater detail, less topics each grade level, and they use a three-step learning process. They start with concrete, which is like the manipulatives. You're holding things. You're moving, you know, cubes around, um, base 10 blocks, and then you move on from there to a pictorial where you can represent it, you know, pencil and paper or virtual manipulatives we use, which is on a smart board. Um, and then they actually get to the procedural, the actual numbers, the abstract. Um, so before they even get to the procedures, they're learning why things work, how the numbers correlate, the relationships, the patterns. Um, and when we say that we teach to mastery, in most curriculums, most math books, uh, up until this point, the first part of the year is repeat from the year before. It's a big review. This doesn't do that. There is no real review. It's building on concepts, but for instance, after third grade, we don't do adding and subtracting, even the larger numbers. The, the idea is that they learn the concept, they understand how the numbers work, and then they make the application. Sounds they, like it's important never to miss a day of school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as this whole progress. I would say so, to be honest with you. As this whole progress uh, students continues. Students have to justify their answers. They have to know why they got that answer and right. why they think it's correct. There's a lot more explanation going. Are there other schools who are utilizing this? Mm -hmm. If yes. I were to visit other yeshiva schools in our region, I would find others who are doing it. 
Yes, there are some other yeshivas. There's also some public schools using it. Um, it's it's gaining ground. It also aligns itself with the Common Core math standards that right. have been put into it. And how do you know it's a success? Are you seeing differences in grades or in interest? Like how do how do you, as a math educator, see its success? Okay, so we just started it this year. We uh, this is our first year All using right. the curriculum. Um, we have seen major progress from some of the students who struggled before. Um, they're actually getting some of the number concepts, the math number sense. Um, you know, in terms of we, we've done it, we started it with primer, which is like kindergarten through third grade this year. We'll be moving on to fourth and fifth grade next year. So actually we're just at that point now at the end of the first year of, of you know, using it. Um, it will take us probably another couple of years before we actually really get up to speed because there's a lot of backtracking. There are skills that we're now teaching at a grade level that was not taught before. For instance, we're now teaching multiplication at second grade. Wow. So our third graders Thank this God year, yeah, third graders this year had to kind of go back to the skills. We had to teach them what they missed in second grade. So right. that's why I'm saying we're backtracking, you know, a little bit. So it'll take another couple of years before we're really up to speed well, with this. Well, it sounds like you have high hopes for it. I can tell you that much. I, I, I'm loving it. We have the professional training coming along, and uh, the teachers are working really hard. We've really gelled as a team. We've, we've worked. I'm in every classroom. We're working alongside each other. We're getting to know each other, and I think we're really doing very well. Well, I thank you for being here this morning. Ellen Bloomberg in charge of that. Uh, Rabbi Schwartz, we have another minute to just mention how amazing some of the students are when it comes to the Judaic studies. I know that the, the number of Mishnayis in the special project that you coordinated is now in the thousands at this point that they've studied. Rabbi Kramer in our fourth grade classroom, he's also an 11th grade Rebbe in RTMA, has brought this concept of Hazara for Mishnayos uh, to his classroom. And they had a goal earlier in the year of reaching 10,000 Mishnayos wow. reviewed either inside or Baalpeh. I am proud to say the boys <laughs> by now have reviewed, let me see. 10,801 Mishnayos. That's the official count. Right, and they hope to break 12,000 by the end of the year. Um, and it is a credit to the homeschool partnership and with our actively engaged and dedicated parents who enable this. Uh, who better to represent our parent body than the head of our PTA, Mrs. Tara Spire? Good morning to you, Tara Spire. Good morning. Uh, tell me about the walkathon and other projects that are going on here. Oh, the walkathon was amazing. I want to just start off by saying we have such an incredible group of parent volunteers. There's so much talent, and everyone is so busy, and they somehow manage to take of their not-so-free time and give so much to our school. So our last big event was this walkathon that far exceeded our expectations. We had um, it was Lagba Omer, busy day for many families. Oh yeah. And even so, we had over 450 people show up at the park. We were expecting around 300. Um, and it was so beautiful to see our JEC school come together to feel that school spirit and where we were all in our matching shirts and walking with such pride. Um, we were even complimented by our police department. <laughs> we had passer buyers come by, give us donations and compliment our students. It was really beautiful. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, what other projects can you tell us about quickly? Um, so this year we had an amazing visit by author David Adler. Oh. Um, he was so inspiring. He guided our students on how to develop main characters. And then I had many parents call me over the next few days that their, parent, that their children went home and wrote stories of their own. 
Um, it was really just such an inspiring day for our students. A few students came over to tell me that they're authors now, that they came out <laughs> with books. It was great. It was really great. Very nice. Well, a big, big, uh, to everybody, I'm sure, who works on the PTA, a big shout-out and thank you. Yes. To, there are so many people. Just the Lagbomer event itself, the walkathon. we had over 40 parents show up at 8 o'clock in the morning at the park, ready to go, working for months and months beforehand. It's Amazing to see our parents. All right, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, that's Tara Spire and Rabbi Schwartz. A big thank you to you and your entire staff. A lot thank of great you so people much you're working for with us here. Us, uh, to uh, express our gratitude to everybody for what we do here at the Yeshiva of Elizabeth and the entire JEC. Thank you to Rabbi Schwartz. Thank you to the entire panel, and thank you to everybody here at JEC for welcoming us this morning. A special shout out to Dr. Hershorn, who is here. I still maintain he's the greatest fan. I know now some people will take offense that they're not the greatest fan of JMDAM, but he's a big NSN, Nahum Siegel Network uh, fan, and I thank him for that. Uh, we're going to our telephone line, Brian Ness, who I last saw, I think it was two Thursday nights ago. We saw each other at the, uh, at the Toledo Mudheads against the uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. He happens to be the coach of the local... Shomer Shabbos Iron Pigs team here in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Brian, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed that night. We had a blast out there. We had a, uh, a really fun time. Um, thank you to our parents for organizing. It was great having the kids on the field with the real Iron Pigs for the National Anthem. It was a real kiddush Hashem. <laughs> it was really something. And I'm sure you're getting ready for another big event on June the 17th, Tuesday night. Wonderful honorees will be uh, recognized at the Venetian as uh, JEC celebrates another annual dinner coming up 6.30 p.m. on the 17th of June. That's Tuesday night at the Venetian on River Drive in Garfield, New Jersey. Information at thejec.org. And I'm sure you join me in inviting everybody to come out and enjoy that night. Absolutely. Our biggest fundraiser for the year and a uh, great segue into another idea on finances. Um, we at uh, PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, started our Earn Your Future program a couple of years ago in which we made a significant investment of time and money to teaching children about financial literacy. Uh, you know, we work hard every day serving the financial world, but it's just important for important for our, for our people to spend time giving back to our local communities. And when I heard about this program and saw what it had to offer, I knew I had a great school to bring them to, and as a parent, I wanted my kids to get this education. And as a board member of the JEC, I wanted JEC to be able to offer such a program to all the students. Why does it work well, this program? Is it because there's a really good, solid mentorship involved, uh, or the students take it even more seriously because of the unbelievable uh, corporation that's behind it? Why do you think it works so well? I think it works really well because we get to go into very small groups. We had groups on a pretty much a one to three ratio. Uh, we sat in very small teams, two PWC people to six or seven students at a time. We worked through grades three through 11. Um, we went through about 300 students over the course of the day talking about budgeting, money management, credit, trust, investing. But it was very... Um, that our people were very able to relate to the, the children at the school. You know, I talked to my people about my personal life, family, Little League, and so they knew what they were getting into. And, our, and the kids in the school were able to relate to some of our people as well. One of, our, one of, one of my associates, Sammy Rosenzweig, uh, is in love with JEC. 
So they got to see a real-life role model of how you go from a yeshiva education at JEC, go to Israel, YU, and work in the business world. Sammy walked in with a suit on, and the kids know him from the neighborhood. It was very relatable. I'm only I'm chuckling only because I assume that's Lyndon Marvin's son, and the Rosenzweigs go way back. So yet another familiar name that we hear this morning. They they and they should be very proud. You know, Nachman was was fantastic. Students were able to present business plans, savings and investing ideas. Uh, we had kids talk elementary school t- kids talking about money in the bank, middle schoolers talking about dividends, high schoolers talking about purchasing call options on stocks that they're involved with. It was really incredible. We have students, parents, administrators involved in uh, in financial topics. Students reading donated copies of the Wall Street Journal. And you know what? Really, the best part though is is what started as an initiative last year by me bringing our team out to JC has now become a core part of the curriculum at the school. Kids, parents, administrators asking when we will be back again next year. And as a parent, it's very rewarding to see my children getting this education. And as a partner of PwC and a board member of JEC, to see that our school has an offering like this that that leads into the broader educational environment that the school provides. It's really amazing. Brian Ness, he's parent here at JEC and member of the Board of Trustees, invites everyone to the big dinner the 17th, and is very proud of what uh, the JEC students have done with the financial literacy program brought to you by Pricewaterhouse. Uh, Coopers and it, it, I keep thinking throughout the morning, and I, I do this whenever I go to any of our schools in, in our incredible community. Uh, what is being offered these days is nothing. I mean, what we had in our day, in reference to people in my generation, uh, nothing compared to what the students have today. The resources, the programs that are available, the uniqueness of what you just described to us is is simply remarkable. I hope the students continue to take advantage of these unique opportunities. We look forward to it. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And go Iron Pigs, as they say. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I, take this, <laughs> I take this opportunity to welcome Rabbi Avraham Prail, Curriculum Coordinator on School-Wide Standards, uh, to discuss what's happening here in terms of curriculum development and the different things that are happening with all of the schools together, whether it be JEC, RTMA, and Bruria. And... Um, Rabbi Sharir Yablonsky is here, RTMA Middle School Associate Principal, on something called Marshall Memos, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Rabbi Prail, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I want to make sure I have the right person. So tell me, this, is, this, is, this might sound unusual to people that are uh, listening in the audience, knowing that there could be students in this, uh, in this building from you know, the younger uh, preschool ages and all the way up, and then, of course, you incorporate high schools into the whole system. Is it possible that all these grades together can uh, be pursuing curricula that are somewhat similar or that could work together? Well, obviously, every grade has their own curriculum, but at the same time, it's important that we keep our focus on the big picture. The way I sometimes think of it is that each teacher is focusing on the tree. I focus on the forest. <laughs> Very good. And what does that forest look like at the moment? It's growing. It, it, the teachers are really very dedicated. They're, they really are very uh, – it's really great to work with people who are so committed. And when we have get-togethers and meetings, they come up with ideas of where they can improve and what they're always looking how they can do things better. And a lot of those ideas are based on what they see in the high schools or in other grades or systems. How would you uh, describe how all this works together? 
Some of it is just from sharing ideas among themselves, things they pick up from other places. This has worked that, here. We have to try it here. Uh, yeah, or, or sometimes I just come in. I, I sometimes describe my job as it's, it's a little bit easy because I just have to ask questions. I don't have to know the answers. So sometimes <laughs> I come in and I ask questions. I get a conversation started, and we see where it goes. Uh, school-wide standards. I mean, I guess those standards continue to, as we just said with these programs that we just spoke about. I mean, it's got to escalate every single year. No matter where the bar has been placed in previous years in both the high schools and the elementary school, it's got to be going up every single year, right? Those standards have to always increase. Yeah, and that's part of the challenge. I mean, the you were alluding to earlier, some some of the biggest changes in education nowadays have to do with technology. Right. And part of the challenge is um, to make sure that we use the technology intelligently and productively and don't just say, oh, we're using technology and, and be satisfied with that. Right. And especially for those of us who didn't grow up with uh, iPods in our hands, you know, the, the so-called, like, I guess it used to be you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Now you're born with an iPad in your hand. Right. Or a yeah, but this phone. one is literal. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and, and therefore, especially for those of us who weren't born into that, so we have to kind of catch up to the students in, in some respects. So right. that's, that's part of the ongoing challenge as well. Maybe some of the students will start to become advisors in this area soon. Who knows? Oh, the, believe me, I know from my own children, they think they, they love to come home and tell me what I should do to change the school. They, they totally don't understand that that's not quite the way it works. So they've already started to become advisors, yeah. huh? Rabbi Yablonsky is a middle school associate's principal here at RTMA. Uh, tell me about Marshall Memos. Marshall Memo is an initiative that um, is really based upon the fact that we in the school believe that all students should be lifelong learners. And to meet those goals, the best way to do that is that our faculty are also set the example of lifelong learners. So this is a faculty um, in-service, to say, that's developed by the faculty. Now, many parts of the school do different types of in-services, and as you heard a lot of them earlier. Right. Um, this is based upon a person by the name of Kim Marshall, a highly respected educator in the world, specifically in New York. We have um, we signed up quite a number of faculty members to receive a memo that has five to ten articles every single week. The faculty reads it, and then we get together to discuss different types of articles. And we have a very interesting discussion, followed up by emails, the discussions of what took place, and the teachers continue to discuss about it. And things have been implemented and different types of ideas in the classroom about how to approach teaching, how to ask questions. Many, many different ideas have come across. You know, in the old days, teachers would teach, maybe, you know, give some tests, mark some grades, things like that, and they weren't as concerned with different things outside of the classroom or maybe on their, what would normally have been some off time. I mean, not, not, to, not to advocate for higher salaries for teachers, although it's probably not a bad thing. Then <laughs> you can use it, I'm sure. But, I mean, th th this is becoming even much more of a full-time job, it sounds like. This is during their own time. Right. During lunch. Uh, the reading obviously takes place during their own time. Correct. It's sent by email, and then it's followed up during a lunch meeting. And the teachers volunteer. It's not just the people that signed up to the Marshall Memo to get the email. There are people that just show up. There are teachers that just show up. I want to join. We had one teacher that really wanted to join, Skyped in. She didn't want to miss it. She wasn't able to come to school that day. That's to be and, part of it. She just wanted to be part of and it. And the conversation follow-up is obviously also one of the most important elements of it. Right, right. And then to hear what everybody does, to hear, to hear what did you implement, what did you take out of the meeting, what did you use in your classroom, to hear what they have to say, always enlightening in and in itself. The conversation continues in the RTMA um, 
teacher's room, there is a bulletin board that has all the comments, places for people to add to, as well as follow-up emails. The teachers are corresponding one to another. Kalakamod to a lot of these teachers. The ones that are taking it seriously are doing quite a job, to say the least. Unbelievable. Yes. Uh, I want to thank um, uh, both uh, Rabbi Avram Prail and uh, Rabbi Sharir Yablonsky. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Continued thank success you. here at JEC. Great to have you here. Are we bringing up some Maburia students? Always seems to be the way to wrap up a show, huh? Where is Madame Esther Kaptan? She, did she say she's joining us for a word of greeting or not? She is going to join us at some point. Madame, we want to say congratulations. There's a big dinner coming up. There's a big dinner coming up. Are you aware of it? There is a dinner that's going to honor the Knechs and the Statlers. And you, as Educator of the Year on June the 17th at the Venetian here in New Jersey. Go to thejec.org for information. All of the JEC family is uh, invited and is uh, encouraged to be at the dinner on the 17th. Mazal tov to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. How many languages do you know? Uh, ten. No, do no, you know no. ten languages? No, no, no. no. How I many know. do you know? I used to know four. I'm down to maybe one the English now. That's it? You only speak English? No, no. I if I asked you to speak to my listeners in a foreign language, you couldn't do it for a minute? Of course I can do it. I can speak French. I can speak Arabic. The Hebrew, I know a lot of words. Do you ever Hebrew. listen to this radio show? Yes, I do. Could you tell everybody in Arabic how great the radio show is? Just tell them a sentence or two of how wonderful the show is. There you go. There you go. For those wondering if the Arabic-speaking population likes our show, the answer is yes. I want to say mazal tov to you, and thank you for joining us. I hear it's a wonderful celebration coming up on the 17th. Enjoy it. Thank you, and I'm very honored to be honored by the best, best, best family in the world, which is the Tides family. There you go. And the Yeshiva administration and the Bruria administration and, of course, the parents and the students. That's who they made me be what I am today. Thank you very much. And they feel indebted to you as well, the way they speak about you. Aliza Blumenthal is here. Many of you know her. What is your official title here now, Aliza? I don't know. Do you uh, have an official title? Yeah, Director of Student Programming. Director of Student Programming. She has been a frequent guest on JM in the AM. Some people used to say too frequent, but hey, that's their problem. (laughs) She's just kidding, folks. She's a wonderful guest of ours and has spoken on many very interesting topics. In this case, we get a chance to hear her speak about her wonderful students this morning. Good morning, Aliza. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? You have quite a combination of, uh, a collection, I should say, of students here. This is our newly elected GO board. This is this is the presidium. This, this is, the, is it. This is the brain trust. This is the power. These are the power brokers. Right of here. This is it. Give a quick intro. Tell everybody who they are. I'm going to introduce our president, Talia Schiff. Talia, congratulations. I hear here. Put this on Talia. I hear it was a really, really tough election. That's what I was told. Is that true? It was, crazy. It was tough, huh? <laughs> Well, congratulations. I'm, uh, Thank you where so are you much. from, by the way? Um, I'm from Teaneck, originally Boston, but I live in Teaneck. Very nice. Good to, uh, good to welcome you here. Do you want to say hi to everybody or tell us sure. where everybody is? Okay, so here are my vice presidents, Shira Fournier and Elisabeth Strauss. Um, and, and we have Shira Allen, Aviva Schultz, Rachel Eckstein, Leah Kaufman, Rachel Gutman, and Shlomit Waxberg. Well, welcome to all of you. 
Aliza, is there great promise for this administration? Would you say? Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. My husband asked me when I got home from elections, is it going to be is it going to be an easy year or a hard year for us? And I said it's going to be an awesome year for us. So there, there you, you have go. it. <laughs> and I'm sure that every year there's some awesomeness in every Love group, it. right? Love it. To say the every least. Every year. Tell me about these student activities. What are some of the things that are highlights for you of this past school year? Well, we just came back from our senior trip. All right. Where was that? Niagara Falls. We nice. had a blast. Very nice. And um, we had a wonderful production this year. We had a great play. We had Color War. <laughs> we had our amazing, amazing Shabbat Wait a second. School's about Color War and plays and trips? Wait a second. What, ha- what happened to sitting down and studying all day long? They do that also. Do they do that? They do that pretty too. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the students will tell you they do that a lot. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. We have a great time, and I, I love every second of it. I wonder if my tight sometimes thinks that there weren't, there weren't this many plays and trips and color wars <laughs> in our day. I can tell you that much. But anyway, it's definitely a very important part to the uh, educational experience, wouldn't you say? All these extracurricular 100%. things are wonderful. Anything special happened in Niagara? It was a very nice, calm... Uh... It was just... It was just awesome. Niagara was just great. The seniors, who are not here now, right. um, were a fabulous group. Everybody was where they were supposed to be, when they were supposed to be there. And we just had um, really an unbelievable, unbelievable time. So everybody had a nice time, yeah. Baruch Hashem. Anything we should know about in terms of uh, a future plans here or anything that you want to mention? Well, I do want to mention that yesterday at the parade, somebody yeah. from the parade staff thanked me as we walked along. He said, thank you so much for coming. Your group is amazing. They're so loud. <laughs> That we were too loud. But yeah, I mean, you were thought you were in trouble. <laughs> you thought there was something. He stopped me and said, are you with Maria? I, was, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know if you should say yes or not. All right. I want to uh, mention that we are going to wrap up in a unique fashion this morning here at JM in the AM. You know, many of you know that uh, this radio program on a regular basis uh, ends with Hatikva. This is something that uh, started, oh, my gosh, how many years ago? Probably close to 31 years ago, we started this tradition of ending our show. In fact, the fact that we end our show with Hatikva has been the um, has been a point of discussion uh, for a lot of reasons. Some people are do, don't like the fact that I speak over the Hatikva song, although I continue to maintain that it's a radio theme and therefore it's allowed. Uh, other people uh, uh, w- would like us to play the words of Hatikva uh, each and every morning to wrap up, which we don't do. We don't have the words to the music. Uh, but this is how we decided on things uh, over three decades ago. And the RTMA choir representatives are going to be um, uh, performing the Hatikva in its original and its full form without Nachum Siegel interruption coming up in just a minute or two here at JM in the AM. So that will be coming up. By the way, I, I noticed earlier Dr. Rabin Rosazada was here. Wasn't he in the room earlier? I noticed him earlier. I wanted to say good morning, but uh, he's no longer here, I noticed. So I, I give him a shout-out. Hopefully he's listening right now. And a special shout-out to the entire Rosazada family, uh, who I know are uh, all in JC, right? All the kids are in JC. So we say good morning to them. And um, a big shout-out to them this morning from all of us here at JM. And while I have an extra minute before our choir wraps things up, and you should warn Stan that, the, that we are going to wrap things up with the actual choir, uh, and I want to thank Stan, who's in our studio, and ZK, who's here, of course, with all our technical needs. I do want to remind everybody that tomorrow is Erev Yuntif, and we will be wrapping up our uh, JM and the AM very, very short week before we pick it up again on Friday morning, uh, tomorrow between 6 and 9, so make sure to be tuned in for our Erev Yuntif program. Today is day 48 in the counting of the Omer, so if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Today, believe it or not, is already day number 48. Pay careful attention to our Facebook update page, Nachum Siegel Network. 
you'll be able to uh, see some of the things that we posted this morning. I want to thank Miriam Wallach for coordinating everything here uh, for that and making sure that um, uh, that we would have these uh, different items posted on our Nahum Siegel Network page on Facebook and, of course, on Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net. A big thank you to everybody who had a role in yesterday's Celebrate Israel Parade. I want to give a special shout-out to our friends at J Drugs, Ronnie and Larry on Avenue J in Brooklyn, and to P.J. Sterling on Central Avenue in Cedarhurst, and to Gotham Burger of New York City in Teaneck, and everybody who had a role in yesterday's amazing parade show, including Miriam L. Wallach and, uh, and uh, Mark Zomick and Mayor Fertig, all who served as hosts for an incredible day on Fifth Avenue, and, of course, Z.K., who was there engineering for us, and to the entire Siegel, Wallach, and Fertig team and Ariel Foreman and everybody who had a role in yesterday's show. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. And one final reminder before Hatikva and I introduced the choir, and that is that coming up right after this radio show, uh, Mayor Weingarten with a brand new live edition of the Israel program uh, with the Chag of Shavuot days away. He has brand new takes on classic holiday songs like Salenu Al-Kfatenu, Al-Kfatenu rather, and, <laughs> and I'll have a brand new a brand new uh, uh, rock and roll version that is very different from the one your grandparents knew. He'll also have debut recordings in honor of Yom Yushalayim from Ari Goldwag, a brand new version of Yushalayim Shal Zahav. He'll do a now and then segment remembering Israel's bombing of the Iraqi, Iraqi nuclear reactor, Erev Shavuot 1981, and he'll have Hasbara highlights as well. It's all coming up next on the Israel show starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time on the stream. JMNAM.org. A big thank you to Rabbi Tights. A big thank you to the entire JEC family. A big thank you to everybody at RTMA and Buria. A big thank you to Adina Abramoff. A big thank you to everybody who gathered here early in the morning to help us out and to set things up and make this another wonderful visit to our family at JEC. And a final reminder, two final reminders. Number one, the alumni continue to coordinate great alumni events, including a reunion for Bruria for the class of 1989 happening on June the 29th. You can, uh, you can um, email alumni at the JEC.org. And also a reminder that the big dinner is coming up on the 17th of June. It's happening at the Venetian here in New Jersey. And uh, Mazal Tov to the Knechs and the Statlers and to all the honorees. The dinner begins at 6.30 p.m. that day on the 17th of June. Go to thejec.org. Our RTMA choir, hope I pronounced all these correctly, Dovi Kasai, Ellie Weiss, Dove Levitan, and Noam Shach. Correct? Shachak. I thank you all as we wrap things up from JEC on this unique Monday morning program with Hatikva at JM in the AM. Yeah.